Welcome everyone to a kind of a special episode of Talking Ball, y'all. It's going to be a full slate of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College Bulldog Athletics. Ricky and I, we did the Picayune podcast, so most of you will be familiar with me, David Burnett. I, strolling the sidelines this season, I got to meet a, quite a few people, and one of the people I got to meet was uh, coaches at Gulf Coast Community College. Kind of explained to them what I was doing, following Picayune football, doing a podcast. They thought it was so cool, and uh, actually subscribed to the podcast on the sidelines. So last thing I heard from them... Next thing you know, I'm getting a message from them asking what I want to come in and talk about the Gulf Coast signees coming in for next year. And I jumped at the chance. I, I, I told them right back I was very interested. So here I am, sent a message thinking, wow, let's see. I I know the softball coach, uh, David Kewen, and uh, he's going to be coaching my daughter, Kylie Burnett. She signed to go there. So I hit him up, and he responded right away, yes. And when he did, I thought, wow, why can't I just try to get every one of them? So I I reached out to uh, Don Hammock, the uh, SID at Gulf Coast, and within the hour, he's got me texting all the rest of the coaches at the college, and uh, they're, they were just so willing to want to come on and uh, talk about their program and the great things going on at Perk and so the lineup is all Gulf Coast in this special edition. So first up is going to be the women's basketball coach, Hope Adams. Right there in the end of the season, got three games left. She come on talking about the struggle she had at the beginning of the season with assistant coaches and uh, three games left. Got to try to get in that eight spot, sitting number 10 right now, and in in, uh, top eight make the state tournament. So she's got three important games, was willing to give us some time on the podcast to talk about the season and things going on. Was really good to talk to Coach Adams. Next up, batting second, is going to be the men's basketball coach, Coach Tim Ryan. And uh, Coach Ryan was a treat, I mean, coming from uh, – College of Central Florida, and I, I, I was really wondering why, why he kind of left there. And uh, man, he didn't hold back on what he had to say on what happened with that over there. And uh, you'll get to listen in the podcast, and it was great hearing from Coach Ryan. And I, I think he's really doing great things there at uh, at Perk and, and Gulf Coast with the with the men's basketball. And you can tell the future's bright with Coach Ryan there. And uh, He's a real winner, proven winner, and uh, talks about how his graduation rate and how important an education is and not just playing sports. So it was great hearing him talk that about that, especially when you have a kid that's going to play college. You know, it's one of those things as a parent you, you, you hear them talk about, and it was great to hear um, from Coach Ryan. So third in the lineup is going to be the head softball coach, Coach David Kewen. Now, now he's kind of a – I kind of knew him going in. He recruited my daughter to come play for him at Gulf Coast, and uh, he's a treat. And uh, it was good to sit down and just not not really talk about my daughter. So it was just talk about softball in general. And uh, so he brought Coach uh, Brad Grinstad in, the assistant coach, and you kind of hear their connection in the interview and how they know each other and his trip from – how he ended up from uh, Arkansas, Central Arkansas, to Gulf Coast Community College. And uh, he gave a great interview, talked about the start of the season, and uh, it was a good uh, sit-down with uh, 
Coach David uh, Kewen. And then fourth in the lineup was the head baseball coach, Bob Keller. And really, I didn't know much about uh, Coach Keller. I did some research, and man, his resume is impressive. I mean, impressive. And I, I, I was blown away at some of the things he's done. And uh, you'll get to hear that in the, in the podcast on what he's done be, you know, before coming to Gulf Coast and how he ended up there. And their season started off uh, this past week. So he talks about that, breaks down some of the roster and uh, what, what he's looking for and where, where things stand and where he's trying to get the program. And uh, it was really good. He, he was very nice and like I said, we sit, I got to sit down with him in his office, and uh, it was a real treat. And uh, Coach Keller is going to really, really do great things there at um, Gulf Coast, especially with the connections he has all over the country that you'll get to hear about. And then last but not least was football coach Jack, head coach Jack Wright. Coach Wright was so welcoming. I mean, we brought us brought me, and I had a special help on this episode from Coast Football himself, Matt Stats. Matt Stats does the color analyst for the radio for uh, Gulf Coast. So I thought, and Clay talked to me, he said, man, why don't we ask Matt if you want us to join in? And he hopped at the chance, and it was great. I mean, he sat there and gave some insight that I would not have been able to give, especially not because I don't follow the team week on a weekly basis and especially as long as he's been doing it. So um, Matt gave some insight and Coach Wright was there, Coach Schufelt was there, and Coach McDougal. We sat there in the skybox and uh, we just talked recruiting and uh, talked about the players that have left, going on to four-year schools, 19 of them, and then also the signing class. And they were so, I mean – we we just sat and talked football. So like that to me was a treat in itself, sitting there for forty five minutes talking football with the head coach at Gulf Coast Community College and uh I I can't say enough and I think it was gonna come across in the interview just how um cool it was to just spend time just chatting, you know, and so that's the lineup. I know the episode's kinda long. Hey, when you get through with one, pause it. Come back, pick it back up. I I mean I I decided we should put them all together because it was just, just such a special episode, especially for me. And I really, really hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And uh, we'll be back on with another Talking Ball Y'all episode. I'm sure next week, Clay will have one drop for y'all. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for granite, quartz, quartzite, or marble, come see Angela Burmaster at Exotic Stones located at 6985 Highway 11 North in Carrier, Mississippi, or at their brand new showroom located at 1171 Highway 90 in Bay St. Louis. Angela and her staff will help you select the perfect color scheme and will fabricate and install any residential or commercial project that you have. Angela's low prices and personal touch can't be beat. Also, mention the Talking Ball podcast and Angela will throw in a free sink with your installation. For the carrier location, call 601-798-4334. Or for the Bay St. Louis showroom, call 228-344-3003. All right, I'm here with the head women's basketball coach for the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College Bulldogs, Coach Hope Adams. Coach, thanks for giving me uh, some of your time tonight. 
Um, thank you for having me. Coach, you're in your fifth season at uh, Gulf Coast Community College. You're, uh, you've had a couple uh, good seasons right there in the middle of your tenure here. You had your uh, second season. You were the runner-up in a Region 23 tournament. Um, then you followed that up with a semifinal appearance in the 23 uh, tournament. This year, you're sitting at 13 and 7, kind of right on the edge of getting into that 10 spot. That uh, I mean, the 8 spot, you're sitting at 10 right now. So to get into that tournament, Coach, uh, talk a little bit about the season you've had so far, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the final part of the season. Um, this year has been a unique season for uh, Gulf Coast women's basketball. Um, earlier in the year, we, we brought in a, a new assistant coach because my sister from the last two years was able um, to get a Division One job at Jackson State. Um, and so that's expanding um, our coaching tree, of course, because just like with our players, we want to be able to get coaches to the next level as well. They can come back in and recruit our players. And so this year I had to hire a new assistant coach, um, which was Ronika Robertson. We brought her in. She was great uh, for the program, great person. But around September, um, she got an offer to step up to the Division One level as well, and she ended up taking a job at Southeastern Louisiana, um, which was a great opportunity for her because she's from that area. And so uh, that left me without a coach, kind of getting right there close to the season. Uh, we persevered through. We had uh, a coach step in as the interim um, assistant coach for about November to about the end of December. Um, her mom got really sick, and she just had to really just, you know, be a great daughter and take the time out to take care of her mom. Um, so we just, uh, we've been, we've really been persevering through this year, lots of adversity um, that we have faced this year. And so this team, we, start, we started off really, really strong. We've been in a rough patch. Uh, right now in conference, we got three more games to go. Um, I really feel strongly about this team at any moment. You know, we could just really get this thing turned around when we can get in the state tournament. Tournament, But these next three games are really vital. Um, but the good thing about it is, is that our regional uh, tournament has expanded. And so every team in Region 23 gets into the regional tournament. So we went more like the NCAA style. Where, you know, of course, if you win it all, you get to go to nationals. And so we still got an opportunity to really make a run. Uh, with 13 and 7, they have faced a lot of adversity. They have shown tremendous strength. And to even be where we are now, um, it's nothing more than a miracle. Yeah, that sounds like you. <laughs> that's a rough year. I mean, you, you, and part of it, you're happy because you're getting, uh, like you said, you're expanding that coaching tree. You're, you're getting. Uh, people that are moving up and will come back and look at you and you can have that relationship with to, to help your uh, ladies move on to the next level. And then, um, but also kind of tough to have to go through it this, this season. So close to the season, you know? Right. Um, and the girl, you know, the, the, the players, I tell them all the time, you know, God does, does everything for a reason. And so it's something that, that we're going to get out of this. And it's a lot that we already know, you know, what he's trying to show us and what we're getting out of it. And sometimes, you know, we don't get the results that we want, but you got to stay the course. You got to stay steadfast. And, you know, you get to the other side, you're understanding. But um, all these kids that we have on this team now, they can come back another year, you know, and they know what it takes. They know they have it. And so, but we just got to keep persevering. Yeah. I was looking at your uh, roster, well, uh, but, uh, could you – I kind of skipped ahead. I wanted to ask, 
could you talk a little bit about your background before you got to uh, Gulf Coast and uh, let everyone know, like, well, you, I seen, I think you played at, did you play at Memphis and then, yes, uh, yeah, and then transfer. Talk a little bit about your background and uh, how you, you know, before you got to Gulf Coast. Um, well, just to kind of highlight on my playing career, um, I'm from Oxford, Mississippi, and uh, I was born and raised there, graduated from Oxford High. Um, right out of high school, I signed with the University of Memphis. Um, of course, it's like coming from a small town, you get to go to the University of Memphis. So it was it was an awesome opportunity. It's like the, the small town dream, getting the vision point. <laughs> my sophomore year in college, um, I got pregnant with my twins that I have now, Jaden and Janala. They are 13, they'll be 14 in June. Um, and so that led to where I set out a year, and then I ended up coming back into Mississippi to call myself. So I did my sophomore year at Northwest Community College. Um, under Dunn Edwards, we was North State champs there. Um, and so I really speak highly on JUCO because it's kind of like, you know, we think you just got to go JUCO because you can't make it to that level. But sometimes you make it and then you just need to come back down, rebuild, you know, when, when you make life um, mistakes and, and JUCO give you another opportunity to fix those things. And so I left from Northwest and I ended up going to Union University and finished out my playing career. Um, we were number one, number one in the nation. We lost two games. Um, my first season there, it was the um, one game in conference, and then we lost the championship game. Great playing career. Um, you know, a lot of times we talk about getting Division One, but that was NAIA. And honestly, I, I played my best basketball at that school under Mark Campbell. We played Division One schools, and we came out on top. So we had a Division One program, but it was just kind of for the kids that, you know, we're taking our second chances. and. You know, the circumstances just got us there, but I promote Division II, NAIA, Division One. It's really whatever fits the athlete because at this moment you're really just trying to enjoy basketball and get your education. And so from there, um, I ended up coming back home and coaching as an assistant at Oxford High. Uh, we made it all the way to the uh, – we won our district tournament, and then we also made it to, like, the second round in state. And so that's where I met Coach Connor, who gave me an opportunity to come down here and be an assistant coach. And so um, after he left, I got my opportunity to become the head coach here at Gulf Coast. And I'm, I'm forever grateful for the opportunity that they have given me. Yeah, I think uh, JUCO, some people, you're always going to have people like not look at it the way it really is. And the league you play in is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, uh, Mississippi Juco as a whole is just top notch from every sport there is. And, uh, I know the football gets a lot of talk, but that baseball, softball, and then the basketball stuff, I mean, it is just a tough league to play in. Yes. This league is definitely hard nosed. Um, I know we, we have football, which of course, you know, Mississippi, we're known nationally for football, but with basketball, we do have limitations, but we're still very competitive. It is a gritty, gritty, hard-nosed league. Um, and a lot of times I think we're underestimated. But, you know, we only get three out-of-staters, and all of us coaches are playing with what we have. And, you know, we get our Mississippi kids. They come in and give it all they got. And, and we're just all trying to be very, very competitive. And I think we're doing a great job with it. Yeah, it says a lot. And I love that about Mississippi JUCO is the uh, – the opportunity that it gives a lot of the in-state kids that uh, 
if it wasn't like that, probably wouldn't have as many opportunities as they're given. And uh, so and they're taking advantage of it. So it's great. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your roster. I've I seen you got a lot of sophomores. So all those sophomores are still able to come back. That's on your roster? Yes, they are. Okay. Um, they were all freshmen last year. So, of course, you know, they didn't lose that COVID year. And so every last one of those uh, sophomores, they're able to come back and, and do another year. Of course, for those who can go on and whatever school that is recruiting them, if it's a great fit, then, of course, we, you know, we're going to promote them and, and push them on out because that's the reason why you're playing. Um, but all those kids can return and play uh, another year at Gulf Coast. Okay, you got to uh, talk a little bit about some of the uh, ladies on your team and uh, the leaders and uh, what kind of season they're having. Um, so I have Morgan Payne. She's one of our newcomers that came in this year. She's one of the out-of-staters. Um, last year, we, we struggled from the point guard position. Um, I lost Elsie Harris last year in a scrimmage game. She blew out her knee, and so she didn't get to play last year, and she was our only point guard. And so uh, filling in the roster this year, we knew how important it was to have a point guard, so now we have two. Um, they're doing a great job with leading the team, but, of course, it's their actual first year playing college ball, but we're getting a lot out of them. Uh, they play two different styles. Elsie uh, is more like a scoring point guard, and Morgan is more of a facilitator. And so they really are able to feed off each other. Um, as far as the, the other kids that are returning from last year, I think just coming in as freshmen and then coming off of COVID, um, they just had to get the experience. You know, it's nothing like game time experience and kind of get used to the, the pace of the game. Um, they have came back this year. They're ready. Um They've been laying it all out on the court. Um, so outside of Morgan Payne, we have TK Ketchens, um, who's out of New, New Hebron, Mississippi. She's been showing up big time for us, especially here down the stretch um, in the paint, just, just showing up and giving us everything we need in there. Um, I got Anaya Sattler, who's, who's one of my best slashers on the team. Um, we know what we're getting out of her day in and day out. We really have a deep roster. Um, and so all those kids bring something to the table, but we have, we have the type of team that we need every single body to bring us a hundred percent effort and a hundred percent energy day in and day out. That's good. And, uh, so now we're down to the last three games of the season. Like you said, you're trying to get into that, um, state tournament. What you have Southwest, Colin and East Mississippi, two of them at home. You got Southwest and East Mississippi at home third, fifth, and eighth in the ranking. So you you got three teams that could really change the outcome of your season here on, at the end of the uh, season, regular season. So what are the things you you as a team need to do um, in those last three games to try to catch into that eight, maybe slip up seven or eight or however high you can get? Uh, the main thing is that I feel like we just got to refocus. Uh, we can't allow the last game uh, to dictate the game that we have coming up Thursday. And so I know uh, I had an old coach talk, tell me that you're only as good as your last game. And so if you win, then, you know, you think you're great. When you <laughs> lose, it doesn't feel that good. That's right. And so really just refocusing. Um, but the biggest thing is believing. And that's what we've been talking about all year is the power of belief. You know, we really got to come in tomorrow. We got to practice hard. And we got to be on one accord to believe that we can finish strong. 
And with this team, I believe that 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 these players can fit a strong. They're 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 a really tough group. Um, and so um, I have high belief that we can finish strong and we can get in that state tournament. Um, it's still a lot of stuff to kind of jumble up. Still a lot of us that got to play each other uh, that can knock each in each individual out. But we really need to go get these next three games, and it's really just going to take us focusing and believing in each other and believing that we can do it. Yeah, because I've seen um, – I didn't research too hard on the, on the actual games, but from the scores of it, the two top two teams in the state, you you played really well against those two teams. Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, we've had a few injuries um, that came up and, you know, just some little knick-knack stuff. But we played Jones pretty tough, and they're always a tough out. Um, and with Pearl River, we were actually down – on um, 11, like two minutes ago, and we just rallied up and tied the ball game and sent it into overtime. And so um, I know who we are when we're at our best. You know, it's just, it just the people that show up sometimes. But I know who we are when we're at our best, and we're right there on this last little stretch. Um, we had a tough road game last night at Northwest. We didn't get the results that we want. But, you know, they, they shook it off. We're going to come in tomorrow. We're going to hit the ground rolling and then try to take care of these next three ball games. Well, the one thing I love about basketball is when you get hot, you can you can really ride that wave and go. So hopefully, you you know, you all can get hot here in these last three games and just ride that wave through the postseason and have a, a phenomenal ending to the year. You know, we're just focusing on our why. Um our why has always been January, I mean, February 22nd through the 24th, the state tournament. And the regional tournament start February 28th. And, you know, usually on the next level, no matter what the conference record is, you know, they're still preaching to their kids. Once you get in the tournament time, you know, it's one game at a time and that's anybody ball game. And so that's where I'm keeping my, my players head at. Look, no matter what, we're going to push to get in the state tournament. But at the end of the day, we all going to make the regional tournament. And that's anybody's ball game. That's it. That's who show up at that moment. The regular season don't define you. You know, you just gotta tuck your tail and get it done. That's right. And uh, coach, I want to thank you again for coming on the Talking Ball Y'all podcast and give me a few minutes to talk about your club. And here at uh, Talking Ball Y'all, we wish you great success and good luck the rest of the year. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. With fall and cooler weather just around the corner, there's no better time to head out to Brothers in Arms. It's Hattiesburg's premier outdoor gun range. It is located at 4657 Highway 49 South. Whether you're a new shooter or an experienced one, all are invited to shoot on the safe and family-oriented range. Go check them out and inquire about their annual memberships, hourly rates, as well as their training classes they offer. Once again, that's Brothers in Arms Outdoor Range at 4657 Highway 49 South in Hattiesburg. And remember, always keep your sights pointed downrange. All right, I'm here with Coach Ryan. Coach Ryan is the head men's basketball coach at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Coach Ryan, I want to thank you for giving us a few minutes on the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. It's it's my honor to be here. Coach, uh, first of all, I want to say congrats on the win last night. You uh, played uh, Northwest. I had the final score wrote down here, Coach. Uh, 99-87 to 87 win over Northwest. Uh, perfect time to get that get a win heading into the last final three games of the season. Coach, this is the second year at uh, Gulf Coast. Talk a little bit about what, what you know, 
the reason you made the move from uh, College of Central Florida to uh, to Gulf Coast? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, well, first of all, you know, I was at the College of Central Florida for 17 years, and we had it rolling there. We had a, um, uh, we had a very successful 17 years there. We were um, won the national title uh, in 2013, won the conference, I believe, nine or ten times uh, in my 17 years there. Um, we set a whole bunch of records with, um, we went to this regional tournament, uh, 13 straight years. That's a Florida record. Um, and I was, uh, blessed with, um, some really good players. I coached nine all Americans during that period of time. And that's the most of any junior college coach in the country, um, during that time. So, um, we had a really good role and it was going great. And we had a president that didn't see the value in, um, junior college sports and he came in and he closed our program down it was the third school that he had closed programs down at um he let us know in october of 2019 that at the end of the season it would be our last season um 63 year tradition at the school and we said we had a role we were number one in the state five years in a row for attendance number uh three in the country for attendance had great great community support um, but he just didn't see the value in it. So when he decided to close it down, uh, I made a commitment to my players and uh, my team that I would not look for another job until the season ended. So we won the conference that year in our last year, and we went on and we lost in the regional finals. Um, and we uh, that was on a, on a Friday, and we got back on Saturday night, and um, uh, Tuesday the, the, the virus hit. And everything shut down. The country got, you know, country was shut down. So nobody was hiring, and it was, uh, you know, it was tough finding a job. Uh, but I had seen that, um, you know, Mississippi uh, Gulf Coast um, job had come open, and uh, and I applied for it. Um, they actually took about three, four, three, about, about two, three months before they got back to me and um, asked me if I was interested in the interview, and, and that's how I ended up out here. You know, I. I um, I heard a lot of great things about it. I talked to Kermit Davis and Jay Ladner. And they really, um, you know, they, they told me they thought it would be a great situation for me. And so, um, you know, we were able to come to terms. And, and that's how um, uh, I took the job out here. My wife's out here with me. So we're really enjoying it. That's good to hear. I, I had no, I guess I missed that part where that program has shut down. But that was good to hear. I, I mean, not good to hear, but good to know that uh, reason you had, uh, had to move on and, I hope you do like the uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast. And talk a little bit about your staff. Uh, you got uh, Lane Blue and uh, Jake Simmons. Yes, uh, both. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have these guys on my staff. Um, Lane is a former uh, GA um, at uh, Old Miss. He, he was under uh, uh, Kermit, and um, he uh, he also played. He was a walk on there uh, at one time, and then. He played it. He was a junior college player at Three Rivers. Um, he's been uh, with me for two years since I've been here. He has been uh, terrific, uh, both on the court. He's in charge of our um, uh, all of our scouting. Um, he helps me a great deal in recruiting, identifying kids for, for, for next year's team. Um, and he's uh, he's just been really good on the court. Um, he's going to make a heck of a, a heck of a head coach one day. And then uh, Jake comes to us from, he was a GA at FAU, and GA stands for graduate assistant, at um, 
at Florida Atlantic University where he did a tremendous job there. You know, obviously I have a lot of connections in Florida and he came highly recommended. Um, he works, he, he does the same thing. He coaches in practice and works with our guys, works our guys out, uh, helps us with a lot of stuff around, um, around campus as far as making sure academics are, uh, kids are doing what they're supposed to do. So we continue to get those, uh, Yeah, that's one of the things that impressed me, Coach. Is uh, is this over your career? You got a ninety-one percent graduation rate. That was yeah. That was that was at um, at the College of Central Florida when I took the program over. When I took the part of the College of the College of Central Florida's program over, they had a sixty-eight percent graduation. And from my understanding, is graduation rates when you give your graduation rate, it's supposed to be over a five-year period. A lot of guys give you one year if they had a great year. They tell you what your one-year graduation rate was. Uh, but my graduation rate for the 17 years that I was there was 91%. When I took it over, the, one of the things that I did was I wanted to make our program into a top-notch you know, uh, national program there. And so I looked at the top programs in the country on what they were doing. And the first thing that I noticed that they all had in common was they had great graduation rates, like phenomenal graduation rates. And I thought, man, that's very, very impressive. So I thought, how do we do that? Well, well, first of all, I realized that these guys with the great graduation rates, their kids were graduating from their from the junior colleges, but they weren't graduating from their four-year schools. And that was alarming to me. Like, why were these guys graduating at these high rates but not graduating from their four-year schools? And what I quickly realized is these guys were getting degrees, but they weren't getting an education. And and I wasn't going to have any part of that. Education is really important to me. Um, it means a lot to me. And so I um, I had to come up with a, with a plan, uh, a structure that would not only get our guys graduated, but they would get them an education. And so we, what I did when I came in was I put a ton of structure in our program. And by that, I mean, we met every morning at 7.30 for breakfast. Whether they had class or not, they had to be breakfast at 7.30. Most of their classes were between the hours of 8 and 12.15. We had practice from 2 to 4.30. At 4.30, they went back to their dorm, they showered, they eat, they ate. And then at 6 o'clock, we had them in, mon- in, uh, in um, study hall. It was, it was monitored study hall, mandatory at monitored study hall. They get out at eight o'clock, and they would go. They have they could they would come to the gym at eight thirty, and they could either get shots up or they could get um, or they can go in the weight room. At ten o'clock, we'd send them back to their rooms, and at eleven o'clock, I'm sorry, eleven thirty, every night, not just on game nights, not just during the week, not just during the school year, and not just during the season, but every night they were there. They had curfew. If one player missed a class, the next day, the entire team would have to do a three-mile run at 6 o'clock in the morning if one oh, player missed a class. Wow. Um, we told every player, every parent, every coach, your guy smokes, does drugs, don't come to us. This isn't the place for us. We, we don't, we're not going to tolerate it. And what we told people right off is that we have structure here, and we're going to be focused. And it's not just about winning games but it's about getting an education and so uh, I believe in I believe um, um, 
that too many of these guys are, are graduating with degrees and not education. So we put a big emphasis on that. And guys have recruited against me using that against me um, in recruiting battles. And that's okay with me because I want guys to know what they're coming, what, what they're coming into. We're here to go to work. We're here for, we're not here for a party. You're here for, you're here for basketball. We are here for um, uh, academics. And sure, we have a social life, um, but we're focused on, on making sure that our kids get a, get an education, and that's the reason that they're coming to school. Well, it seemed to have worked. So, I mean, whether they were recruiting against you or not, Coach, it seems like what you were doing was getting great results. And as a uh, dad, my daughter plays, is going to play softball there at Gulf Coast with Coach Kuhn. And, awesome. Yeah, so, like, if you were to talk to me, and, and that's your big sale is about – you know, making sure you get education. I mean, you realize that as you get older, there's a lot more to life after the sports are over, you know. And, uh, I mean, you can still be involved in it, but you need an education to be involved. My, my daughter's thinking of, uh, you know, coaching. I'm like, get your degree. Go, you know, teach. You know, that's 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 the role you take. And let softball, you know, have some fun in college playing softball while you can, you know. And uh, I think – to me, if you're coming to me, talking to me about, hey, and, and you got the proof right here with the 91% graduation rate and with the standard that you had said, I, I would be all on board for that. I think most parents are probably the ones that are uh, okay with that, you know? You know, it's funny you say that. I had a conversation and with a coach last night, and he was the first time that I've spoken with him. He has a player that we're interested in, and he said, Coach, after I got done telling him about what we do here, he said, Coach, he said, he, he said that it's incredible how many coaches that he's talked to have just the opposite um, speech or, or talk that I talk about for what should be done at the college level. He said, he has guys talking to him that tell him, look, this is what we tell you about the I don't want to say what he said about the partying and all that stuff at the school. Um, right. because that's what the kids want. That's what the kids want. That's what he's saying. And, you know, that's not what we're about. Sure, there's a social life. Don't get me wrong. There's a social life. But that's not what we're about here. And, and so many of the coaches are selling the other stuff now because that's what the kids want to hear. Right. Yeah, that's what I think is the more the kids think that way, the parents are more of like, hey, let's let's get – you know, you're going there for school first, you know, the majority I would think would be that way. And so coach right now, um, you got three regular season games left. You're sitting in fifth place. Um, you've won five out of your last six, got a 15 and five overall record, a seven and four conference. Um, coach, talk a little bit about your team. I got, uh, I wrote down, you know, five guys here. I mean, I know it's probably more than five, but, uh, if you want to touch on them and if I have some notes I want to ask about, it, but uh, talk a little bit about your team and how they've played this year. Sure. Sure. First of all, just, just, and I tell this to everyone, just a great group of kids, like really unbelievable group of kids, both off the court and on the court. Um, they get along really well. Um, very respectful group. Um, they're, they're just, they, they work hard. That's probably their best attribute is, is, is how hard they work. Now, we do have some special guys on the team, too. You know, uh, we got a couple guys. Melvin Flanagan is our leading scorer. Um, he's from um, uh, Louisiana, uh, Alexandria, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Last night, he had 25.7 seven assists and no turnovers. Wow. You know, that, that, that's a heck of a game. Um, um, 
Sham Car is from um, uh, Car 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 Dean uh, is from Tampa, Florida. Um, he is a um, sharpshooter. Uh, I think he had 18 last night. Um, had a heck of a game for us. Um, we also have um, Anthony Ratliff out of um, uh, Jackson uh, Terry High School, who's been just amazing for us. I believe, I can't remember what he had last night. I don't have the stats in front of me. Uh, but he's almost averaging a double-double every night. Um, just a hard-working kid. He's already signed with Mississippi College for next year. Um, we're thrilled to have him here. Um, and then Calvin Johnson uh, comes off the bench for us. Also um, has signed with Mississippi College. And those two guys are just workhorses. Um, they, you know, they make our team go. Um, we have uh, uh, Donovan Sanders out of uh, Lake Cameron, who has been absolutely terrific. He's gotten better and better every game. I believe he had 15 last night. Has really His decision-making has gotten so much better, and that's been a big part of our team to help us um, continue to, to continue in the right direction. And Donovan's um, um, Proby out of Biloxi, um, uh, played down at Biloxi High School, um, he's our backup point guard, and he's just been – he's. He's incredible. He's just a fun kid to watch. How hard he goes, uh, gets guys involved. Um, you know, he's, he's I think about five, five eight. Medicine rebounds two games ago. Um, just just a, um, a workhorse in there. And I'm probably forgetting one of you guys. Uh, oh, Lee Flanner from yeah, that's um, who I had right down. Uh, out of out of Miami. Um, been a been a absolute um, a workhorse for us. Uh, had 13 rebounds last night. Um, just a terrific kid. And, um, you know, he's uh, just just a great hit. He had against Northeast, I believe he had 23 rebounds in the game against yeah. Northeast. He was the one I actually wanted to talk to about because, like, I mean, man, he's almost averaging almost a double-double on the season. I don't know if they got last night's stats in there. That'll improve some of those, but – He's, it's, he, he, had, he, had, he was 10 and 13 last night. I, don't, I think he's 10, maybe 12 and 13. Yeah, so, and field goal percentage is 62, so really when he takes a shot, he, he's he's taking great shots. Right, well, you know, he's a guy who gets everything inside, you know. But, yeah, he finishes well, and he's, he's, been, a, he's, he's been great for us, you know. It's um, uh, been a big part of the reason that we're at where we're at. And, and I don't want to forget about Caleb McCarty, who had a tremendous night last night out of Biloxi. Uh, he's another kid. Like we have several kids, like Donovan and Caleb, that have just got so much better over as the season has gone on. Caleb last night had eight points. I'm sorry, eight rebounds and um, eight rebounds and eight blocks. Did eight blocks last night. Caleb is six eight, really really long kid with a high potential. Um, he, his his uh, best days are still in front of him. Coach, you have. Uh couple you know you got some florida guys is that from you know just being in florida so long having those connections over there being able to get those guys to come to mississippi and play ball yeah you know i mean we, we just don't recruit florida don't get me oh yeah i understand that yeah we, we don't just recruit, but, but yeah i had um you know like um uh car was uh Carr was a kid that was um he played for a very good friend of mine a great high school coach in, in Tampa. So when I first got the job here, um, this guy called me up. He had, Carr had been the uh, player of the year in the Tampa Bay area. And um, 
he called me up and, and really wanted me to take him. And uh, so I took a look at him, and he, Carr's, Carr's a, uh, he's the best student on our team, I believe, in a year and a half here so far, he has one B. Everything else is A's. Yeah, and he's he got has, a 4.0. This this semester, I believe he has uh, uh, he has all A's right now. Yeah, he's so just a great kid. And then Lee is actually a kid that I recruited um, to the College of Central Florida um, at when he was a senior in high school. Before our program ended, we recruited him uh, to come play with us, and he ended up going to a Division II school in Augusta uh, at Augusta State in um, Georgia, and we. Um, during the summer, I saw his name come up on the portal. And when it came up on the portal, he had gotten a lot of people were recruiting him. A lot of the big Florida schools were recruiting him. Um, South Plains, which is a you know national power in, in junior college level, um, were recruiting him. And it came down to us in South Plains, and it just made more sense for him to come to us. And, and I think he's really happy that he came here. Yeah, that's great. Um, always good to have connections. And also on the recruiting trail, the coast is really good. I mean, you mentioned the Biloxi kids. I mean, so you, it's a really good area to be able to recruit from. You have the coast and where you sit right below Hattiesburg, Laurel area, that area up there has got some good ball players. Yeah, no question. You know, we've already signed two kids out of uh, Pasagula. Um, and, uh, you know, we're certain recruiting for next year. Um, oh, we have actually we've signed another. We've signed a third guy from the coast for next year um, out of um, – Long Beach, and we uh, and we have uh, we're recruiting several kids right now down on the coast. And I um, can't mention names, but because uh, yeah. we're just in the recruiting process. So, but yeah, we're we're looking forward to the future with the guys that we can see out here. That's great. Uh, good to see those guys getting looks, and I know um, winning helps. And you're here. You are in fifth place. Got three games left, Coach. Got Southwest, Colin, and East Mississippi, and. Southwest is right there with you in the rankings, and I think uh, is it East, right. East Mississippi right above you, or is it Colin right above you, or? Oh, Mississippi, East Mississippi is right above us. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so we got some important games left here to finish off the season. So, what do you think your club's going to have to do to finish off the season, get ready for the tournament, to get to possibly getting into the region tournament? Well, you know, it, right now the way it sits is we're in where I think we're tied for. I think we're in fourth right now. I can't, can't remember. I think I think it's okay. We're in the fifth or fourth right now. But we have um, um, we have three important games left. We could finish as high as second, or we could finish out of the playoffs. Um, it's 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 that close right now because everybody's so tight. Uh, we believe that um, um, you know what we have to do is continue to do what we do. You know, last night we shot fifty percent from the field. We shot 67% of our, of our twos, um, of, our, of our two point field goals, um, we were good on. So, what we're trying to concentrate on right now is on the offensive side, is um, we, need to, we need to make sure that we're getting the best shots that we can get. I think we're, I think we're a pretty good offensive team when we're, when we're moving the ball. Last night, we had 21 assists, um, which is you know, very, very good. So, guys were really sharing the ball last night, and it showed in our shooting percentages. Um, on the defensive side, we have to we have to shore things up. I don't think we're a great defensive team right now. Um, we are, I think we're third in the country in defensive field goals against a three-pointer. We were number one just like a week or so ago, um, but we've had a couple games where guys have hit some trees on us. 
Um, so, you know, my philosophy is every day we come to practice, we're either doing one or two things. We're either getting better as a team or we're getting worse. And the teams that are getting better, they're nobody standing still. And the teams that are getting better are the teams that are going to be there at the end. And we just got to continue to get better on the things that we do every day. You know, we do shell drill every day. Or we do closeouts every day. You know, we do transition defense every day. Those are the things that we have to continue to get better, better at every day. Yeah, that's all. Very good to be in the hunt at the end and with the possibility of moving so high up. And I mean, you've played really well against some of the teams up at the top. I mean, you did you beat PRCC early in the season, one of, one of their only two losses, we correct? Did. Yeah, we, we, we beat them early on, and we beat them by uh, one, I believe, that they're no, we put them by one or two at their place. Um, and then they beat us by, yeah, they beat us by one at our place. Um, you know, so we've been in some tight games with them. Um, we went up to Northeast. We were at their place. We were hit with COVID. We were missing two of our better players when we played Northeast. We lost by nine up there. Then Jones, we had the game one on the road. Uh, we were um, up by, I think we were up by one, had the, up by two, I'm sorry. We are by two, had the ball, had the arrow, 28 seconds to go. And my kid and their kid get into a scuffle and they end up calling Double tech, not double tech. They called two techs on my kid, and so they went to the line for four foul shots. Hit all four foul shots. And we lost the game by two. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, we we've been right in there. Um, we haven't played East Jed, who's at the top of the league too. We play them coming up, and then um, Meridian. We lost. Uh, I think we lost by nine at somewhere around that five five to nine points to them at their place. But that was a you know two point game with uh, you know two minutes to go. Um, so we've been right in it. You know, we think we think we, we think we have a chance at this. Um, and the other thing that you know, there'll be there'll be eight teams that make the state playoffs, and so there'll be seven other teams besides us. And of those seven teams that look like they're going to make the playoffs, six of them we've had to play on the road. Oh wow! The only team that we've played at home is Pearl River and lost by one, and we've beaten them on the road. So all of our games have been. All of our games against the top echelon have been on the road. We think that will fare well with us, you know, when it comes time for the playoffs. Well, you know how it is when tournaments and stuff kick in. It's the team that gets hot, and hopefully, you you know, you guys are getting hot at the right time, and those road games will pay dividends down down here late in the season. And um, all of us at uh, Talking Ball, y'all want to thank you for coming on, Coach. And um, looks like you got a good thing going there. I'm glad to see you there at Gulf Coast and. We want to wish you continued success and hopefully can have you on again in the future. Uh, we're trying to expand our coverage into other markets. We, we're based out of Picayune, so we kind of um, – we're adding some folks in the mix, so we're trying to uh, cover more schools and uh, get more – you know, cover more kids and uh, coaches and stuff. So, thanks. Well, I, I, I appreciate you having me on. It was, it was a pleasure and look forward to talking to you again. All right. Thanks, Coach. How do you unwind? Whether it's hunting, riding horses, or just sitting around a campfire, it's better on land you own. Southern Ag Credit can finance that land. Give our Gulfport office a call at 228-832-5582 or visit us online at southernagcredit.com.
All right, we're here on the uh, campus of uh, Gulf Coast Community College. I'm joined with Coach David Kewen and Coach Brad Grinstad on the softball team. Coach, coaches, thank you for uh, joining me today. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. So, Coach, this is your first year at Gulf Coast, but definitely not your first year coaching softball. So, talk, tell folks uh, since this first year in this area coaching uh, a little bit about yourself, how you got started, and uh, where, you, where you're from. Yeah, um, well... Grew up in Grimble, Mississippi, went uh, to Grimble St. Joe to the ninth grade, then Grimble Christian, that's where I graduated from back in 87. Um, went in the military right out of high school, because uh, I, I thought I was a, a Division One place kicker, but I obviously was not. <laughs> Had a chance to play a uh, couple uh, JUCO football, but just went in the military instead, spent four years in the military and the Air Force, security policeman. Um, and they always knew I was going to coach. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be softball. I thought it'd be football or, or baseball. But after coaching high school football about two years, uh, the private school started fast pitch and it was starting in the fall. So I thought that was a good move for me. So I got to do that a year. Uh, then GA at Delta State a year in baseball. Went back to high school at Washington School for a few years. And then opportunity for me to coach at Delta State. Uh, softball opened up. I was there. Uh, ten, 10 seasons, um, had a great time, you know, get to coach at Java Mater and be around a lot of people I love and respect. And then opportunity came later to go to University of Central Arkansas in Conway. I spent 13 years there, just, uh, just again, another great opportunity. Uh, learned a lot and enjoyed every minute of it. And then, and then the Lord just decided, hey, it was time for a change. And this opportunity came up and it was something that I just couldn't pass up. I, I love being back in Mississippi where I'm from. I've always loved the, the Gulf Coast region. Um, and, you know, to me, you know, this is the premier junior college, you know, in the state of Mississippi and, and arguably in the South. And I knew the tradition of Gulf Coast and, and softball and baseball, football, whatnot, and uh, just thought it would be a great opportunity. And uh, very excited to be here. So coach on your staff, you're able to get uh, Coach uh, Grinstad to come down from uh, Delta and uh, so how is that talk a little bit about that connection you and him have well I, I think I've known him since he <clears throat> was an undergraduate or, or right out uh, at Hendricks College which was in Conway where he was playing baseball and, and coaching there a division three school he, he played baseball and, and, and coached there once he got done playing and he coached my kids in the summer work camps and clinics with me and uh, my associate head coach Jenny Parsons and you know I, I've Tried to hire him four or five times in the last, I don't at least four times in the last four years, five times probably in the last six. So I told him this was the last one. So fortunately, we were we were very fortunate to get him to come down here. You know, with his experience in the state and the JUCO system, I couldn't imagine being here without him. I, I think I'd be lost. So what brought you here, Coach? Oh, I think coming down here came down to the rich tradition at Gulf Coast, not only just with winning but with softball. You know, getting to know Kenneth Long while he was here and seeing the things he had done. But then, you know, you can't pass up an opportunity to work with your mentor. And I couldn't refuse the sixth time. Uh, I think uh, that would have went south. I said no again. So. Well, you, you actually coached his, one of his daughters or both of his daughters? I coached both of his daughters. And early in my career, I was actually coaching select ball um, during the summers and had the privilege of actually coaching his daughters, um, a friend of ours daughters that coaches at Marshall now um, 
and have a team just full of college coach daughters, and it was a very uh, intimidating time. <laughs> I learned a bunch. Yeah, that's crazy. And then, and Coach, before we get to uh, the rest of your staff, let's talk Mark's about uh, we talk about uh, <laughs> we had a little interruption right there, but we'll keep rolling. Right. Uh, your daughters, you're a family of softball yep, coaches. My, yep, my oldest daughter's head is the head coach at Lyon College in baseball, Arkansas. Um, uh, coach Grizz had coached there uh, a while. Uh, this will be her second year as head coach, her third year there. Um, um, and my youngest daughter's coaching in Conway High School. She's assistant softball, assistant volleyball, uh, middle school uh, career development teacher. So and my mom was an English teacher, so, you know, third generation teacher coaches in our family, so it's kind of cool. And then a uh, third member of your staff, uh, I mean, around here, you just you say the name and everyone knows who you're talking about. Uh, uh, like a Hall of Famer around here, Coach Lee, uh, Caitlin Lee on the pitching staff. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, without a doubt, best player in the Gulf Coast uh, Community College history uh, in softball and arguably the, one of the best in Ole Miss. Uh, you know, I always tell her she's the second best pitcher in Ole Miss history because Amanda Fine was really good. Uh, and she gets mad about that. But, <laughs> um, they're, I've seen them both pitch, so I know they're both really good. But, yeah, we're very blessed and fortunate to have Caitlin here. She's she's young, energetic, passionate, loves perk, uh, and is a great pitching instructor, without a doubt. And ain't, there's just never a dull moment with her around. Well, uh, let's talk about your roster you set up this year. Um, what you know, who who who's the leader so far early in the season as far as not just on the field, coach, but off the field. Grace. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say Grace Alvin. Um, she's definitely led the charge in numerous categories from workouts to everyday routine stuff to we step off the bus game one in Texas and she was ready to go and led the charge. And where's Grace out of? East Central. East, East Central. Central. Yes. She's playing yeah. center field and, and uh, she role played last year, but she's started every game for us right now in center field. Good leader. On our quote leadership committee, uh, kind of you know leads the team and devotions, and that's all by her. Um, just mature beyond her years, and always first of the pack in conditioning, strength and conditioning, and tough kid too, because she's playing with partially torn labrum too, so dealing with you know that. So you know, uh, so this weekend you went down. Uh, is it Pasadena, Texas? Yeah, okay. yeah, right so south you, of Houston. So you played five games, came out. Three and two. Talk about the weekend y'all had and uh, the bright spots out of the weekend, and then we'll get to uh, things you probably already started working on as soon as you yeah. got back here or on the bus ride back, I'm sure. So talk about what, what you've seen that out of your club that uh, was really, really uh, joyful to see. Well, we went, went down there and beat Alvin 7-5, to five, lost to McClellan 15-5. Um, they're the number – they were number 17 in the country at the time. They're currently number one in the Massey Index, and – and got a really good team. Uh, then we beat Vernon College 7-4, and then we split with San Jack, who's number eight in the country. We, uh, we lost to San Jack 12-4, then beat him 4-3. But we hit really well all weekend. I think Coach would say our strong point was hitting. And uh, without a doubt, Madison Cobb on the mound. She got two wins, a save, through 20 innings, had 20 strikeouts, about four walks. Freshman came in and relieved, saved us on Saturday. Got a win and a save on Sunday. Um, I told Coach G, I've, I've never been around a, a team exploding 
this much, this fast. Of course, I'm used to open, at Central Arkansas. I'm used to open up with LSU every year. So <laughs> we ain't gonna score. Yeah, know, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten runs. So I mean, this is this is definitely. But this team's got a history of of hitting the ball. And I mean, what other? I, I'd have to say definitely offensively, we did what I, I think we expect ourselves to do um, within the program. Defense was slow starting, but by the last couple of games, especially against San Jack, we sharpened up, you know, and started making the routine plays and stopped giving away free things. Um, pitching got better throughout the weekend. You know, a lot of jitters early on, and then we kind of settled in. A lot of people, first time on the field. Yeah, that's a big deal. And then, and then it being away, you know, and bus ride, how far was the bus ride? Six and a half, I'd say. Yeah, yeah that's tough. It was six and a half, and you expect to go warm and go south, and it got colder. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they did well though. It was, we played three games on Sunday, and that's tough. That's a yeah three. That's, I mean, we got the field at seven thirty in the morning, and we didn't get back to the hotel seven forty five at night. So that's that's a long day. So y'all ended up heading back Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that's what I that was noticed. huge though to to come back three and two. Yeah, that's great. And then uh, some of the things you've seen that you know, I mean. You really, I mean, on the bus line, like I said, I know probably on the ride from the field to the to the hotel room, you're thinking in your mind, we, we really got to improve on this throughout the year. Uh, what were some of those things? Uh, offensively, I think uh, continuing to improve on our two-strike hitting. Um, that was a big goal of ours coming into the spring was just getting better at putting the ball in play once we get deep in the count and being aggressive early in the count. Um, we accomplished one of them. We did really well in the early count. And... Yeah, a little rusty late in the count. And then pitching-wise, I mean. Had a lot of girls throw. <clears throat> you know, Madison threw the best. Um, Jody Jones uh, struggled a little bit Saturday, threw much better on Sunday. Um, Emily Coates struggled a little bit on Sunday. Through much, I mean, Saturday, threw much better on Sunday. And, um, oh, Abby Vance. Abby Vance had a good start on Sunday and threw a good four and two-thirds innings. And started every game in right field when she wasn't pitching. Had two home runs and seven RBIs, a double, a triple. This kid had less than you know, fifteen at bats last year. Wow! Uh, had a big three-run homer to put us up on Sunday against San Jack. But, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun, and you know, we had, you know, Darcy Novak caught probably four of the five games, and she she played very little last year. So, uh, same with Grace. Um, Brie Green split time. She played a little bit there. Uh, Haley Sidaway got in. She didn't play a whole lot. So we had a lot of sophomores. It was nice to see that it didn't play a whole lot last year. Of course, they had a great team last year. They were phenomenal. Um, KK Agner uh, picked up where she left off. A couple big hits. Kristen Jones killed, had four or five doubles. It was fun. It, it, I mean, we got a lot to build on. We need to clean up some things, you know, pitching-wise, you know, Fewer pitch counts and defensively, we kind of got kind of exploited a little bit on first and thirds. We kind of, but we're that's what we're working on today. So, so uh, that's your first start of the season. So when will uh, division play start? March twelfth. March twelfth. Yeah. So we got uh, March twelfth, and I, I mean, it seems like it's far away, but out of hit, it's before you know it. Coach Preston, you're. I mean, real familiar with this uh, JUCO league in Mississippi. Uh, how how was your projection? Like not projections per se, but looking at where you're at right now, 
and can get to before that March 12th and play where when really place really, really counts. So what what are your thoughts on how y'all look? I think we're right on track, you know. Um, I think the key to any successful team is peaking at the right time. Um, and I think we're, we're headed the right direction of where we can work on things and hopefully peak, you know, once we start getting into the heat of conference play. Um, we, we're doing the right things now. It's just about sharpening the tools and making them a little more efficient. Right. So, Coach, um, looking at your transition from D1, you already kind of mentioned it to you. You start off, you're starting at LSU, now you get to do it. So what are some of the things that you've noticed that are way different for you being here at Gulf Coast than you were at Central Arkansas? Uh, well, it, what's fixing me is being able to sleep in my own bed every night. You know, that, <laughs> this was really the first and only overnight trip, you know, until we state tournament regionals and hopefully nationals. Um, you know, we, we thought this would be a good test for that. Um, you know, I'm used to playing to, you know, Friday, Saturday in a midweek game. You know, we kind of have some stretches where we don't have that as much. But, I mean, the <clears throat> – I mean, I don't notice a whole lot of different. I mean, it's once the season gets going, it's just softball is softball, you know. I mean, we're, I mean, it, once the, we throw the first pitch, it, it didn't feel any different at all. It's just like, wow, I can't believe I'm at Gulf Coast. I mean, I just never, <laughs> you'd have told me that a year ago. I'd be like, no way, you know. But it, <clears throat> it's fun. It's exciting. The biggest difference is, you know, when you're at a – Mid-major Division One, it's such a struggle just to win, and so hard. So I mean, just to win thirty games at, at a non-power five school is incredible, and we we were able to do that, you know, five, six, seven times in the last eight years. But you know, here we got a chance to compete for state championships, regional championships, and national champion. That is just something that. I ain't been able to do in a long time, you know. So that's exciting to me is is the opportunity to to win and win big. Right. You know that that's what's exciting. And I mean, we're recruiting the same caliber kids I'm used to recruiting. So I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it's exciting. Yeah, I didn't think about asking that, but that's a good thing. <clears throat> so you're you're really same kind of level of kids <clears throat> coming to Gulf Coast and. With the restrictions on out of state, I mean, you're getting Mississippi kids. Mm -hmm. So it speaks volumes of where the fast pitch programs are in Mississippi now, back to what, I mean, I mean, from now to what, five years ago, it's just, it's crazy. So, well, coach, I want to thank y'all for giving me some time. And I, without a doubt, I know this, y'all got the, y'all going to have this program rolling. And uh, all of ones, all of us at Talking Ball, y'all want to wish you good luck and continued success. And if, Anytime in the future, if we can get with you, we'll, we'll try to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Johnson Farms and Meat Market. Where can you find a full-service butcher shop that carries only the finest beef? From Mississippi farm-raised corn-fed cattle? Why, that would be Johnson Farms and Meat Market in Picayune. Shop at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of Highway 11 and North Hall in Picayune. Johnson Farms and Meat Market, where quality beef begins. All right, I'm here with Coach Bob Keller, the uh, head ba baseball coach here at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Coach, I want to thank you for uh, giving me the time to interview you and get to uh, know you a bit. Absolutely. Um, really a pleasure to 
come join the show a little bit and talk about some baseball. So let's fire away. So, Coach, this is your first season here, but not your first season coaching baseball. So give give uh, the listeners a little bit of your background in, uh, in baseball. Mm, okay, so I played at a small inning high school out in California, and um, my wife and I decided to move out to Atlanta in the south where I got my start as a coach at Georgia State University. I was there for seven years. Uh, and... From Georgia State, I got an offer to go. I, I was part-time coach at Georgia State, so I'd do odd jobs in the day and then coach in the afternoon. And I did that for seven years. Drove 100 miles a day. Wow. 50 miles there, 50 miles back for seven years, making under $5,000 a year. Oh, wow. And so I paid my dues there as a as a third-base coach, a first-base coach, a hitting coach. And but the background that I had as a player was both hitting and pitching. I was a two-way player in college, so I took a job as a pitching coach under Coach Brian Shoup at Birmingham Southern. And Brian Shoup is in the Coach Polk coaching tree. Okay, he was an assistant for many years at Mississippi State. So I was under Brian there for three years. Um, took Birmingham Southern as an assistant, uh, working there in pitching. Uh, we went to our first ever NCAA regional in Athens there. So I followed Butch Thompson at Birmingham Southern. They had just gone to Division One when I got there. They were in NAI. So we were Division One school. We were on provisional status for two years, which means we couldn't go to postseason. And then the third year, we were eligible for postseason. And that was the year we went and played, went to the Georgia regional. And I got a call from the University of Michigan. Uh, to interview for the pitching job up there. So went up there in the fall of 2001 and um, was had seven wonderful years up there. University of Michigan, we won, uh, I want to say, four Big Ten championships, four regionals, went to a super regional, plenty of guys drafted. And from there took a job at Dallas Baptist to get back down in the south. And that year we went to a Super Regional the first year at Dallas Baptist. And that was a great run, uh, but had an opportunity thrown my way to come over and join Coach Calvi as his pitching coach at South Alabama. And so we went to South Alabama, moved my family back here, and we got closer to family by doing so. Uh, my wife's family was in Atlanta, so it made all the sense in the world. Um, and so we went to South Alabama. And my first season there was the season of 11. And um, we made, uh, we turned that program around and won the Sun Belt several times and went to, oh, I want to say three regionals. Um, went to the Starkville Regional, went to the Hattiesburg Regional, Florida State Regional. Oh, it's four regionals and Southern Miss. So went to four regionals there and after being at South Alabama, uh, took a job with the Seattle Mariners as an area scout, worked two drafts there, had seven or eight guys drafted, and then COVID caused some cutbacks. So I kind of took a break from the scene, um, working in the private industry, lessons, instruction, travel ball, and got a call from Team USA to be a pitching coordinator in the Appalachian League, which is now, used to be a professional baseball league. Now it's a summer collegiate league, and I was a pitching coordinator, so my job there was to coach the coaches 
in mostly the area of analytics, okay. TrackMan and Rapsodo. And so I would read their scores and interpret what those numbers mean and then get with the pitching coach during the day and make a plan on how to best use uh, each pitcher's you know repertoire and his mix of pitches. So uh, it's been quite the ride. And then so while that happened, I got a call to interview here um, and the rest is history. So was you <laughs> looking to get back into college uh, coaching? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because the, and that's what you know, Team USA helped springboard to do. You know, was being in the coaching realm, and so I was still in the private industry I, uh, with instruction. I was still, you know, uh, working with players and knowing a lot of people locally, and having a lot of familiarity with this region, a lot of connections there. So um, when I was there. Um, you know, with the Appy League, I, I interviewed, and it was an easy decision to come, and it was an easy decision to hire Coach Allen, who's my recruiting coordinator, used to be at Jones, has won a national championship there. He's our third base coach. He's our recruiting coordinator, does a really nice job with infielders and hitters. And, um, and then you, you know, added, uh, you got Riley Self here as the pitching coach? Riley, yeah, Riley's coming. Uh, pitching, I'm yep, sure. Yeah, Riley's helping us with pitching. He's pitched at Mississippi State. Uh, he's in his first year coaching, so he's he's coming along. He's learned, you know, the routine of how things go, but he, he brings a, a, a passion to the to the game and a bright knowledge and a different perspective, and we're, we're hoping that his, uh, you know, his background helps us on the recruiting trail a little bit. So with your background in pitching, most I mean, since you got into coaching, mm-hmm. um, what, how is the pitching staff looking for your first year here? Uh, it's promising. I think that we have a lot of work to do. But we have some guys and some pieces, and we have some some guys that I, I really really think there's a they're going to have a good future, um, and I think we should be competitive. We want to get this thing rolling. We want to win. We want to win championships here. We want to bring a tradition of, of consistent winning to the coast up here to Perk. I think that it will start with those guys on the mound, um, you know, and so I feel good about it. I feel like, you know, we have some parts and some pieces. One of the biggest challenges is how do we handle, how do we handle the two-way player? Cause there's three guys who are also position players. Okay. So you have to juggle their workload with their arms and, and, and they're throwing programs, and you have to do that a little differently. And so that's kind of a juggle. Uh, but, you know, it's early. Um, we're a little thin with depth behind the plate. And we saw that in the first week, and we won our first game 12-5. Uh, Lucas Reed is a pitcher who's an out-of-state pitcher that we signed out of the Happy League once I got the job. And he's our number one. He did a real nice job against Southern Union uh, on Saturday. And then before game two, we lost our starting catcher to an injury. And so we're very thin there. We're very thin. So we've had to be able to have some players, um, you know, make some adjustments this week and be willing to step up. And so we're, we're hopeful that Thomas can make a comeback from his hip injury, but we're also very uh, hopeful that we've got some other guys who can hopefully step up and get them up to par quickly. Coach, you mentioned the weekend, and uh, I know you mentioned me. It was got some work to do, but what were some of the brighter spots that you've seen from the weekend? Okay, well, like I said, Lucas Reed really stepped up and gave us a really quality start. And your first start to give you four innings with, we're bringing his pitch count up a more and more each weekend. Um, 
you know, he just stepped up and really had a calming presence through first pitch strikes. He has a good splitter, a good slider. He can, he can throw a number of pitches for strikes backwards in the count. Um, but he, you know, his fastball is 88, 92. We'll run up to 93 on occasion. But for the most part, you know, he was a real bright spark. And then Alex McWhorter stepped up in the first inning. We had a couple guys on, hit a three-run homer. So before we even take the field, we were the visitor. Before we were on the field, we were up 3 nothing. So that's a big, yeah. that was a big thing, you know. And then I liked our defense. We have some, we played really good defense, um, you know. And we have some pieces here too. We were able to pick up a transfer at the break, Kate Crosby from Southern Miss, who's our shortstop. Yeah, from uh, Long Beach, correct? Mm-hmm. Played high school baseball at Long mm-hmm. Beach. That's Kate a Crosby's yeah. been been a nice pickup for us. Uh, we have a real nice freshman hitter who's an impact player, uh, outfielder named Sean Smith from Pascagoula. Outstanding hitter, outstanding young man. Uh, really, really a big fan uh, of his work ethic. He's, he's truly on his way to being a professional. Um, and, and you just go around the horn, you got seasoned guys like Brendan McCauley, you know, um, Jesse Johnson, um, you know, guys like that who you know that you can just count on and lean on. So from, from a position player standpoint, I feel a little better that there on on our team because we got some physical guys we got some guys that can run it down the outfield uh, and then we got a few freshmen coming along also so good and good. then uh so some of the things you feel like you need to work on them you probably already started working on them since the weekend yeah. and uh we're, we we got to address this catching situations you know we were a little we knew we knew after the fall that we were thin here so we we had some other guys in, in mind and and i think that the the moves uh, that we've had to make uh, lately because of this have, are you know, out of necessity. So we've got to address the catching situation quickly. Um, you know, and we have some front end pitching. Uh, one guy who's made a really big jump is, is Matthew Delano. Uh, he's made a big jump. Uh, we have a, uh, Jacob Snell, his father or grandfather was legendary golf co- coach here. Jacob has uh, come along, he's throwing his fastball in the low 90s, but needs to work on his strikes and his command a little bit. So he's the guy who should be in junior college that you want to see that progression from. He needs to get stronger, work on his delivery. His delivery kind of comes apart a little bit, um, but he's so physical and so strong. And, um, you know, he's, he's going to be a nice addition to the staff. You know, and, and, and again, I bring up some guys, you know, like, uh, we picked up Warren Gary at the break. Warren is a safety on the football team. Oh, wow. And uh, player, another player out of Van Cleve. He can really go get it in the outfield. He's a plus defender. Uh, so, you know, some of these guys that we brought along, too, we were able to bring some guys over uh, before we got the job. But, uh, you know, as we were getting the job. But the bottom line is, is that... Um, you know, Breck Jones is a sophomore. We feel like we're going to be able to lean on him to get us some innings, you know. And so it's kind of one of these things that, you know, as we go along here, we're, we're learning as we're going first year on the job. And some of the guys, they show you some things in the fall that you think are, are uh, you know, promising, and you're trying to build on that. You're trying to, you're trying to get that to be a consistent. Consistency is a big thing for us. So you take a guy like – Breck Jones, a lefty out of Gulfport, and you know he's seasoned. He's he has a calming presence on the mound. He, he throws a good changeup, and 
and then you add a few other kids in here. You got a seasoned kid from um, from Stone High School and Alec Hardy. He can play a lot of positions for you. He can play third. He can play outfield. He can play. He can play everywhere. Or um, one of the f- promising freshman arms I like is Adam May out of McGee. Freshman, you can throw his, his pitches and the uh, up radies from multiple arm slots. So you're trying to bring these guys along, and you're trying to get them to um, progress and get stronger and get after it in the weight room. And you know, but again, we've got to bring these guys along quickly so that we have a plan to to win. We want to win. We want to win fast. And so we're at, we're at Mach 10 right now. Or it's it's pedal to the metal. So how familiar with this league were you before you became a head coach? Well, that seems to be a, a, a common question. And the thing is, is that as a scout, you know, I'll be honest, I was very familiar with the Pearl Rivers and the Meridians and, and the Hines and the, some of the programs that have a stronger tradition of, of winning in the past. But I'm also very aware of there's, if you don't play well, good baseball, you can get beat by anybody, um, you know, um, Kapiah Lincoln's got a good upcoming program, Northwest. Coach Carson does a good job up there. Um, so I drafted a kid out of Itawamba, you know, when I was with the Mariners. So I knew the league well. Okay. I knew I knew the league well, and I also know that, um, you know, even you take our second game Saturday that we, that we lost. We we lost to Coast Alabama South, and our catcher went down and before the game. And so, we, you know, our starting pitcher went out there and walked the bases loaded. And I told the guys after I said, I, guys, I, the, I, you know, the better team didn't win today. You know, they they didn't, you know, that they weren't the better team, but they did play better. So the best team doesn't always win, but the team that plays the best does. Right. And so that's that's kind of where we're coming from with this, our angle. We're, our, our I don't set numbers as goals. You know, while I know behind the scenes and in the office here with my coaches, we want to win championships, we want to win state, we want to win, win regional, we want to go to Enid. But at the end of the day, if we look beyond all that and we skip the process, we've missed out. So our goal is to win the next pitch, win the next inning, win the next, win this day, and stack good days on good days on good days. And next thing you know, those wins are results right? rather than goals. Yeah. There are the results. So then at that point, when we've done all that, well, then we win the league and we win the championships and we win all these things and then everybody's happy because we're winning. I want to win. And the players want to win. But I think one thing you're trying to do with this today's kids is you're trying to separate the guys that understand the difference between strong interest and commitment. Yeah. You know, there's just, you know, strong interest is, okay, that's fine. But committed players, you know, on that rainy day, they go and they find something to do in the cages. They'll pull the other guy with them and say, hey, come on, let's go do this. And so that's what I need. I need everybody on the same side of the rope. I need everybody pulling together. I need it's, it's you know, I don't sign players. We sign players. I don't get wins. We get wins. And I told the guys that the best teams that I've been on, that, that you know, whether it's Michigan or South Alabama or, or our super regional team at Dallas Baptist, you know, the best teams are the teams that are coached by the players in the in the locker room. Right. The the players handle it. The leaders handle it. You know, if they're if they're coached coach teams, then you know the coaches will burn out. But if they're player coach teams and the players can police the off field stuff and the players can police the attitudes and the players can police it, well then you got a team. Right. You know, and so 
Um, we need a we need winners. So moving forward, I look for uh, winners. I want our staff to look for winners and not just prospects. Prospects are guys that you know the scouts look for. Prospects are guys that you don't need to consider makeup. They're just the guy who throws really hard and he's big and strong, but he's not necessarily a winner. Right. I want winners. And if you can recruit a winner, there's nothing you can take from that. There's nothing negative to take away from that. Yeah. He's a winner. What, what's, what, what more is it? You know, I want guys who win. Yeah, and, and, and I want guys who want to win. I was thinking about asking, you kind of want me into it. Because, like, so here we are in Perk, right here outside of Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Really good recruiting ground. you got the coast below you. And then Hattiesburg up in the Pine Belt area has got some great ball players. So right. you sit right here. So if you're going in and looking, I mean, I was going to ask you what you're looking for, but, I mean, you answered it. Well, I'm looking makeup-wise. I'm looking for winners with talent. we got to do. We got to have some talent. Now, I do think one thing that has to change is that we just look out here regionally within a 100-mile process. If we do that only, it won't be enough. I think that's where you start. Right. I think that's your glue. Yep. But – the bottom line is that I'm not sure that there's enough players to only get by with local players. They have to be – we've got to get some guys from Magnolia Heights. We've got to get up there north of Starkville. Yeah. We've got to get some guys to come south down to the coast. We can start with our glue here. We can make that our glue. But if we just restrict ourselves to a 7,500-mile radius here, well, now we're going – you know, that – that's not a recipe for, for winning championship because there's just there's not enough. And now you're going up against Southern. We need the guy that is considering Southern Miss. We need to win a few of those yeah. battles. Yeah. And we need to recruit those guys anyway in case they don't work out there. They come back to you. Well, this, I just met with Coach Wright and him on football. And it's basically like we didn't go into detail. And we went through their recruiting class. That was the, what we talked about, man, because they just big thing in mm-hmm. football signing day. And – you're right. It's they get the coast guys. You know they got they got the guys around here, but you've got to go out and be able to get kids to come down here. And he just, yeah, I mean, without those types of kids, you you know you you just can't uh, make it because right. you got other schools coming here trying to take your kids out here anyway. That's you know? right. So you, you're you're in a constant battle with other coaches in your grounds and also in their grounds. Yeah, and the, one of the challenges we're up against is that we only are allowed four out-of-state guys yeah. at this time. I think that's a handicap because uh, if, we're, if what we're trying to be about is winning on a national level and winning, then it would behoove us to be able to have more. And there's probably actually some, some ground being laid for that to possibly be true. And I hope that that comes to fruition because, you know, you're, you're able to go out and get some guys from my network and, and background. I'm able to, to pull some guys out of some areas that maybe some other coaches in the league who have been here in this league, they've been in their own little realm, they've been in their own little bubble for a long time, and they don't have that kind of diversity in their portfolio to be able to recruit like that. Now, with that being said, I again, I do, I, I want to reiterate, we need to be really strong here first. Yes. Okay. But at the same time, we shouldn't lower our standards and get a guy here just because he's local. I think that you know, we need to recruit. With a, with a bigger network. We yeah. need to recruit with, with, the, with a stronger current. And you're talking about the network and talk to Coach Ryan, men's basketball coach coming from Florida. Mm-hmm. You look at his roster, like he's limited on the out-of-state players. He's got a couple Florida kids from being in Florida. You know, So the connections right. you have outside are, are huge. Mm-hmm. And 
like Coach Wright talked about, their football is limited to eight, which is keep more mm-hmm. kids on the roster. And he's he he they talked about when you miss on an out out of state player, it, it really hurts you in no doubt and really bad. And, and you look at this weekend, what happened? Okay, Lucas Reed, our best purchase weekends is from Kentucky. Alex McCorder from Mobile, Alabama, three run homer, our four hole hitter. You know, so you, you look at you look at those guys and you're like, okay, that's what you want. You want your guys out of state to be kind of some top end guys. Right. Well, hopefully the legislation is going to pass where we can get a few more of those. Yeah, I heard and, that. And, and, and that's, that is a possibility. And I realize it'll be the same for everybody. But I think that'll give us a leg up too that we may not have had uh, here in the past. So I'm hoping to, to get that. Well, Coach, I know it's uh, we're here on a Wednesday uh, night doing this. So, uh, What's your uh, schedule looking like this week for y'all? Well, we go to uh, Northwest Florida State on uh, Friday. We have a doubleheader against them in Motlow. So we play Northwest Florida State, probably the top-ranked junior college Division One team in the country. Oh, wow. So that was a, a, a nice uh, present left <laughs> for us when good. I inherited the schedule. But <laughs> you know what? We, if you want to be the best, you got to play the best. Right. So we're not going to back down against anybody. We're going to go in there. And I hope we step on their throats, to be honest with you. Um, and then we got Motlow after that. Um, Motlow has a strong tradition of baseball. So there's no let-ups here. Yeah. And to come back Tuesday, we're playing Baton Rouge, a very, very well-improved program. People have no idea. Their coach, they got a new coach. He's been doing a great job there. Okay. So I told our guys that we have to respect our opponents, but we fear nobody. Okay, we want to step on guys. We want to put them away. We want to, we want to, you know, make our best pitches with two strikes and put the guys away on the goal line. And so, what we need to do is just develop a mindset of having really good one day at a times. We stack a bunch of good one day at a times on top of each other. That's a powerful thing. Right. That's a really powerful thing. So, there's some talent here. Um, do we need to keep improving the product? Yes, we do. Coach Allen and Coach Self. I've, I've got the the pedal to the metal with the recruiting. We'll be in here late tonight. We'll be working at it. We'll be making our calls um, and hopefully being able to do our best to turn this thing and get it headed in the right direction. Coach, I... You know? So I'm excited about the future and the energy here. It's going to take a little time, but we'll get it going for sure. I have no doubt. Coach, thank you. I know... Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate you giving me a few minutes. I know it's season started and recruiting never stops so no, it's uh, always recruiting around. season yeah so uh thank again and uh well, the whole talking ball y'all want to wish you great success also on this season and uh hopefully we can touch base again in the future and uh anytime we can get anything out there for you guys we will be glad to do it thank you for having me if you like sports we think you will love the talking ball y'all podcast the podcast has had some great guests lately like the football coach Will Hall and ESPN's Wright Thompson and legendary Mississippi sports writer Rick Cleveland. Oh, and Dad, you almost forgot Brett Favre was on too. That's right, Easton. We have had some great guests on the podcast. This is Jeff Lossett, co-founder and producer of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. You can get the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Once again, thanks for all the support. And thanks for listening. Okay, we're here with the head football coach at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, Coach Wright. Coach Wright, I want to thank you for uh, coming in and uh, giving me a few minutes to talk about your your team. Now, thank you for coming over. Um, hopefully you can see that we've got a great place here. 
and uh, we're very proud of it. So I, I really appreciate appreciate you taking the effort to get over here and say hello today. Yeah, and I brought in uh, Matt Stats from Coast Football. Um, Matt, come. He does the color or play-by-play? Yeah, I do the uh, color analysis. Yeah, so he does yeah, the color for uh, Gulf Coast Community College. So I thought having someone a little way more familiar with the football team, if, if we uh, maybe bring some more insight to a lot of the players. Well, Coach, how many uh, – we're going to talk uh, – first we're going to talk about the guys you had this year moving on to four-year programs. So let's uh, – mm-hmm. if you want to start off, how many you had? Uh, we had 19. Um, there's 18 that we published, and Heidi Barlow just signed – a week ago so we haven't updated our list online yet but it wound up being 19 and we're very proud of that we've done a lot of digging around done some research and for the last two years we've had as far as numbers go we've had more guys move on than any other junior college in the nation so we're very proud of that wow that's a good thing that's a good thing to go in when you're trying to get guys to come in and and come to your program and you throw that out there because that's what most of them are looking for correct they want to come in and play a high level of football um, but there's two, really two goals here at the junior college level, play a high, high quality of football and win. But probably even more importantly to the players is, is moving on and getting a chance to earn a four-year scholarship. And, of course, everybody wants to play at the highest level possible. So um, they're just kind of a bet on themselves coming to this level and seeing how far they can go. Yes, sir. So we'll start here. You want to uh, – let's we'll start with the offensive players you have moving on. I see you got uh, offensive lineman Jimmy Bennett going to Mississippi Valley State. Uh, Got a wide receiver, Jalen Bracey, going to FIU. Uh, Austin Davison going to uh, quarterback, going to Delta State. Mm-hmm. Also got well, – that may be oh, – we got the offensive lineman down here. I'm missing him. Yeah. You got Zai uh, – how you say that? Chris, Zai Chrysler. Chrysler mm-hmm. going Chrysler. to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Percy Lewis going to Mississippi State. And uh, Jacob Cox, mm-hmm. uh, Central Arkansas. I want to touch on those offensive guys. Mm-hmm. Quick, yeah, Percy was the number one offensive tackle in the nation coming out of junior college. He was a big kid. He played nose guard at a small high school. And when you talk about a very, very talented individual but came out of high school as raw as possible. And so his production versus his talent, there was a huge gap when he got here, and he knew that. He had, he played defense in high school, so we had to teach him how to get in a stance on the offensive side. It really started at zero. But his first couple of snaps that he got in as a freshman, you could see it. I mean, it, there was nothing um, that he was doing that looked like he was a rookie or anything like that. Very heavy-handed kid. And what I mean by that is that when he punches you, you feel it. Right. And there's a lot of clips of him on his highlight tape of him making contact with a defender and just sending the guy five yards. It wow. almost seemed like with ease. <laughs> and so very proud of, of what he was able to accomplish at Gulf Coast. Um, Zach Chrysler was a, our other tackle. And uh, he got an offer here at Christmas and moved on to Illinois. So we're very proud of both of our tackles. Jacob Cox was our starting center here for two years and got a, a really, really good offer to go to Central Arkansas, which is one of the top FCS programs in the country. And uh, he, he took that. And then Jimmy Bennett been with us three years, had a good career, won a national title here, and got a really good scholarship to Mississippi Valley State. So proud he's going to be able to get his school paid for. You want to touch on any of them, Matt? Yeah, well, I mean, play? I know on the offense with, with Davison, who came in at quarterback, uh, so you'll be looking for another quarterback coming in because the other one, uh, Philip Short, I believe, is is moving on or possibly will move on. 
to another school. But then also with Bracy, I mean, that, those are some some shoes to fill. So, uh, but I know you're, you know, the great recruiting class that's coming in and that we'll touch on. And as far as what we mentioned earlier about, you know, coming to an organization that wins, Coach Wright had mentioned been here four years. He's lost five games <laughs> and he's won a national championship. Yeah. He's not going to, you know, I'll, I'll talk about him because I've been there ever since he's been here. You know, three division titles. Some of them were last this past year. He went seven to two. That's how good this JUCO football is in the state of Mississippi and especially in the South Division. You go seven to two and you don't get the playoffs. So, as far as the players that he mentioned, you know, it's it's just a reload. I mean, the great recruiting class and his, you know the coaches he has, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see who who steps in. Uh, and that's the thing to move on to the next uh, step in the for these uh, players as we can see them here behind us as we're sitting in a presidential suite. So nice <laughs> atmosphere up here. I know you can't hear it or see it on the on the podcast, but it's a great atmosphere up here with uh, Coach Wright. Yeah, they're doing some skills and drills and. Uh, Coach Wright has us sitting up here like he's recruiting us, and this is, this is unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. So, Coach, uh, let's talk about those regulators. Coach Shoes' uh, defense, you got a lot of them moving on, going to have a lot to replace. you got a very good defensive back to Carlos Nicholson going to Mississippi State. Um, I've heard a lot about him. And then uh, Cam, is that Threat? Threat. Threat going to Akron, DB. C.J. Williams, a linebacker, going to Texas State. Uh, J.C. Uh, McCoy, going, a defensive end, going to Central Arkansas. Mike Smith, a linebacker, going to Liberty. Jay Sean Baker, going, a defensive back, going to Austin P. A.J. Uh, Edwards, defensive back, going to Texas State. Robert McDaniel, defensive back, going to Alcorn. Devin Wright, defensive lineman, Boise State. Conte, is that how you say it? Kunta Hester. Kunta Hester, a DB going to southeastern Louisiana. Uh, and you also have a punter, George uh, Carratan. Carratan. Carratan mm-hmm. going to uh, UMass. And before you touch on them, Coach, I, I'm very impressed. The, the the colleges all over the country that come come to Gulf Coast and recruit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. so, but you, it looks like you got more DBs leaving than you had playing. We, you know, that's a credit to Coach McDougal. Um, he's yeah, been he just here three years. Every starting DB has signed Division One. Every wow. starting DB, 16 of them in his three years have signed Division One. So all 11 of our starters signed Division One last year. Um, you know, the record speaks for itself. Uh, very, very proud of that. Um, if you look at, you know, the wins and losses and the championships and the rings and stuff, that's all important. It's important in the moment. But this stuff is lasting. Getting, yep. to these, getting these kids to – uh, the four-year school of their choice, getting it paid for so that they can get the degree um, that they're going to get. People don't understand when you send a kid to a Division One school, it's almost like you're sending them to guaranteed success. They're getting into a four-year school's network. They're networking with their fo- fellow football players who typically are all driven people that are on a mission that are going to be successful. So the environment that you're pushing them in, the network that you're pushing them in, the people you're surrounding them with at a, at a four-year school, I mean, the future is really, really bright for these guys. Yeah, and you want to touch on something? Yeah, well, I know Coach Schufeld was coming in. As far as the, the defensive players that, you know, you mentioned one of them, Carlos Nichols, he was a quarterback when he came here. So that gives – that tells you how great these coaches are. To turn him in, now he's getting a college going on defense. So, I mean, and that goes back to Carlos himself wanting to, hey, if I can't be quarterback, I'm going to play on the field somewhere and give the coaches, I mean, that much credit here with Coach Wright, Coach Schutfeldt uh, there. And then also Heidi Barlow. I mean, he was a beast 
Unfortunately, he got hurt, but he's worked himself back. I've seen videos of him working out, and he, he did get a, a scholarship. But, I mean, the defense there, you know, the regular, that's why I was going to ask Coach Schufeld how, you know, I've been there six years now, and they've been here four years, you know, and all of a sudden the regulators come on, how that name had come about. You know, that's one thing I wanted to ask Coach Schufeld if, you know, how the regular, you know, because they got shirts, you can see his hat on it, you can't see it, but, you know, the chainsaw. <laughs> You know, coming out there. I mean, Coach Schufeld, welcome to the table. How did, how did hey. the regulators, you know, come about as far as the name? Uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the Westerns and Young Guns. And um, New Mexico is my hometown. So, you know, that kind of just fit. Uh, you know, Coach Wright this is his territory. So, <laughs> you know, we're not going to let anybody take any of it. So, you know, we go out there and try to ride and mount up and, Coach McDougal and I have fun out there, so you know football's got to be fun. And, that, and what a name you call yourself a name! You got to back it up. And blame me, Coach Schufeld and their defense—they they are pretty doggone good. And the stats show it over the the four years they've been here. Yeah, and you can just see—I mean, if you just pop this down and just showed someone, and I mean, Coach McDougal had to be—you uh, had to be really busy on that recruiting trail to fill these shoes back up. So well, got a lot of not a lot of new ones going to be coming in. Yeah, that's the when Jack hired me the. Minute I got out of his office, I called Coach McDougal. <laughs> I said, "Man, come on, we got a good, great job down here, good place, and good guy to work for." And um, I really enjoy working for Jack. And then you know, getting um, Clarence down here has really been a lot of fun for me. So we we've been together before and worked together and really enjoyed it. And we had kind of have the same philosophy on defense. So. You know, and getting down here and having the resources that we do and the support we do from the administration is really a great thing. Yeah, that's great. What people don't realize, you know, is you talk about all those names that are leaving. That's our entire defense. Yeah, I thought you know, I mean. <laughs> it's, it's just like, you know, LSU had an incredible offense in yeah. 2019. Everybody talked about how great the coaches were and how great the quarterbacks were and the players were. They lost everybody. Yeah. They lost everybody off that side of the ball. So the challenge here is replacing them. That's not easy to do. That's not an easy task. The recruiting here is constant. The great thing is we're pushing guys out the door, but that's pressure on us to replace those guys. But and that's that's the job is finding guys that are as talented or more talented than them. And you only have a couple of years, you know, with it. It's not a four year school. You only have for them to get in to buy into the system. I don't know as far as recruiting, uh, Coach Schufeld, do you I mean, I know the defense that you run, do you find, you know, if you have two players there and one of them is heads above the other one, but this one fits your, your scheme, do you try to get player A who's way better talented than player B or player B is pretty good and I, he'll fit our scheme better on defense, that is. What player would you? Um, our biggest thing is that, you know, we're, we're a junior college. We're, we're, we're there to help these kids get to that next level. Yeah. So we – you know, we and like Clarence, I think it really demonstrates with the secondary. You know, we're we're going to take kids and develop them, and so we look at we look at some kids that, you know, they they're projects, um, but you know we're pretty good on projecting them out and saying, well, we need to do this, that, and the other, and you know, and Jack's really supportive of that and helps in that process. So. You know, we we get these kids in, and then you know our culture here is about competition and you know we don't back away from it so the kids have to buy into that and that's not for everybody there's a lot of kids mm -hmm. that they said no I'm gonna go somewhere else but the kids that come down here and, and they they see and it really makes them grow 
And yeah. I've, I've been in other places, and it's not like that. So that's something I think we've got on a lot of other places. You know, you can come down here, you're going to grow. So our goal as a staff is to make people make. When we bring a kid in, they they have to beat somebody out. Mm-hmm. They have to beat somebody out, and we tell them that in recruiting, we're straightforward. We tell the guys that are here, somebody's coming to beat you out. You know, so it, it's competition. And the best players I've ever been around, they run to that. They they attack that. And Brett's right. There's a lot of kids that that don't want that. They don't buy into that. So maybe they're not a fit here. But we want guys that want to compete. That are going to have to come out and be hungry every single day. And somebody's going to be nipping at their heels if they don't. Yeah, because most of these kids are you know Friday night stars. You know, on their team, and then they come here turn into Thursday studs, as I say, and all those Friday night stars are here now playing on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So just because you ran them over on Friday, they're kind of – because, yes, I've seen players come here and it's like, man, he's a leading rusher in the state, and he comes here and it's like, you know, it's just – you know, not to point at him, but in particular. But, yes, I understand that. And as far as out-of-state, Mississippi, you only allowed eight out-of-state. I know some of the listeners may not know, especially someone that watched Last Chance You – with the other teams that were in Iowa or wherever, they can have their whole team out-of-state players. Mississippi, you only allowed eight out-of-state scholarships, correct? Correct. And I think our conference, and maybe some of the coaches can help me, we've won like eight or nine out of the last 11 national titles. Oh, yeah. With the out-of-state restrictions that we do, that's a credit, number one, to the in-state talent that this state has, the un- the slept-on guys, the under-recruited guys, yep. the guys that, for whatever reason, they just did not get the exposure in high school. We get our fair share of those. And then also, um, you know, there's some really, really good coaches in this league. We're able to take just in-state talent, just Mississippi talent, and turn them into national contenders. As where Matt mentioned, the other schools, can they have their a 50-person limit or a 55-person right. limit. Yeah. Where if they miss on an out-of-stater, it doesn't really hurt them. If we miss on one of our eight out-of-staters, that hurts us on one side of the ball or the other. So, it's you know the evaluations have got to be spot on, but our development of Mississippi kids is where we're going to make our money. So when you looking at out-of-staters, is it is it you're looking at them, or is it a lot of times is it other coaches that y'all have made connections with, fill y'all in on someone? Because I mean, you're looking at out-of-state can be anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You can't just say I'm going to look for Alabama or Louisiana or whatever that's close. But do you is that is that how it? I mean, how does that um, play into where you decide which out of state? More re- I would say more recently we have to recruit those spots just like everybody else. Okay. And occasionally we'll get a phone call of somebody nudging a kid our way. But if they're calling us, they're probably calling two or three other junior colleges yeah. too. So it's recruiting. It's just a lot. So of it's more of a you a need, and then y'all go out specifically looking for those kids in certain areas that mm-hmm. fill that need, and you feel like would be a great fit. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to whine or complain, but I don't think people understand the amount of pitching we have to do <laughs> really? at all levels. We have to pitch. We're constantly pitching this school, our program, our coaching style. It's constantly year round, um, and as good as the facilities are. That that doesn't do it. You have to yeah. you have to pitch. You have to make relationships. You have to get out and work and be in the homes. People people really don't understand the amount of time that wow. we spend doing that. Yeah, and I think uh, that's one of the things. I can't remember if it was Coach Hope or uh, Tim that mentioned. You know, some people just don't look at JUCO the way it really is. You know, they they, they so you're going in these kids, and that's got to be a. I mean, we're going to get to the ones you sign, but to me, following recruiting, you're going. Some of them look at it as a disappointment, correct? Like, 
would you think Some so? You know, mm-hmm. like they're thinking that I'm D1, I'm D1, I'm not going to go to a JUCO college mm-hmm. in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So, like, that goes to the point of where you're saying, hey, I got we got to sell our program to, to them and, and let them know. But, I mean, I mean, I don't know. what I mean, if you throw what you're all doing down, it just seems like mm-hmm. it would be a pretty easy sell. It would seem that way, but it's a competitive league, wow. man. It's a competitive league. It is that. It is, and so it's just a constant, constant. Even the signing day last week, recruiting, that's just kind of the first step. Now, we'll be recruiting all the way up until the middle of August if we can find the right player. Wow. So let's get to your class, Coach. And right here, I, I'm, you had 26. Have you added any more to that? or 26. Um, what day was that published? This was February 2nd. We've added one more. Okay, so we've added one more. So right here, we'll go down, and you can kind of, if you want to touch on them and, and what you think they're going to bring to the sure. to the, to your uh, school. Um, Eden Alsup, uh, Pascagoula. I don't have their positions here, Coach, mm-hmm. but if you want to elaborate. He, he's, a, he's a defensive end, uh, outside linebacker type. He's the kind of kid that we've taken here um, that we've had a lot of success with. Um, not a ton of – not a ton of uh, – uh, traction in the recruiting deal, but he's a really, really long kid, six foot three, and athletic. And we have had a lot of success with putting weight on those kinds of guys, making them bigger. Um, probably a little undersized for the position that he plays, but we feel like that's that's something we can fix. Can't make a guy taller, can't make him faster. Right. We can put weight on him, and we can teach him how to play the game. Okay. And then uh, you got a Telvin Almas, I guess is. I'm, I'm, Telvin Amos. Amos from. He's a quarterback from Lake Comerant, DeSoto okay. County. Um, you know, we lost a couple of quarterbacks during the Christmas period, and so we needed just some. You know, we, we we go for talent first. You know, he's a kid that can do a little bit of both. He can run and throw. Got a really strong arm. I think accounted for over six thousand yards total in his high school career. Wow. Um, so a guy that just knows production, feel like he's one of the best athletes in North Mississippi, and proud of that we signed him. Yeah, 5'11", 175. I've written down that, you know, dual quarterback because I watched his highlight, a little bit of his highlights there. And like I say, I mean, we're players who think they're not being watched. I mean, you know, Lake Camera, I don't know exactly where that is, but mm-hmm. hey, they're going to find you if you're there. And I know you're fixing to go to the to the next player, David Anderson and Coach Schufeld. I got hits with power. He's a linebacker, is what I, 6'4", 235. Not saying he has the longest huddle tip, which was like twenty six minutes long. But yeah. how do you feel? I mean, I, when I just to, well, I didn't watch all twenty six minutes of it, but in the time I watched, um, again, Davion Anderson at Greenwood, six four two thirty five. I have him down as a linebacker. Not saying that's where he's going to play, um, but I mean, Coach McDougal actually did, recruited him. Did a great job. I think he had him committed last spring. So um, man, that so actually played quarterback and just a great athlete. Um, out of that program there and you know really loves Gulf Coast and so we you know we're really excited about him but you know he, we're looking for him to help out right away yeah play linebacker or move down on the line or uh, he can play he can play everything <laughs> like I said playing quarterback, said everything played quarterback for him so you know he's very athletic back to their kind of our recruiting strategy I mean like just like also you know six foot three 200 and can run that puts him in position to play a lot of different things yeah. same thing with Davin you just take great athletes, and then we'll, we'll figure it out when they get here. Right. Okay. That's a, and I, I watched this kid play. Uh, he played against Picayune and had one heck of a game. Um, Dayon Bilbo of, out of Bankley, Coach. So what, do you, what are you uh, looking at uh, from Dayon when he gets here? Uh, just the ability to break tackles. Yeah. I mean, I, I see a guy that – a lot of little guys in Mississippi 
have twitchiness and they're strong, but he has a unique ability to break tackles, and he's obviously fast. Yeah, really fast kid. So after he breaks a tackle, he's probably gone. So just that's what I see on film from him: is a guy that just doesn't get tackled in open field. He get, he gets himself out of tight spots. That's something that we can improve when they get here, their ability to break tackles. But a lot of that is a knack. Right. You know, sometimes a kid is really, really fast and can't break tackles. Right. Well, well that doesn't make the best running back. I told everyone when my thing was on Dayon is every person in the stadium knows he's getting the ball and he still gets yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, breaks tackles can just – I mean, and, it, and from what I've seen, and talk, I actually talked to the kid after the game, did a little interview with him. He's really shy. Great kid. I mean, nothing but good things to say about I want to give him. credit to Nick Louvier, our running backs coach, and recruiting him. You know, uh, there were a lot of running backs to choose from, and we may have chased the wrong one for a little while, but we wound up getting the right one. I believe yeah, it, I, that's a real that's a credit for him. I believe so, Coach. Yeah. I, I, I'm thrilled to see him here, and I, I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'll tell you, Sean Anderson, I coach y'all play ahead here, and about the same size, I would say, huh? Close to yeah. him. Dayon may be a little bit bigger, stronger, probably a little stronger than Sean was. But Sean Anderson was tough as nails. Yeah, t- that's what I was about to say. Was, Sean, tough, I got to coach yeah. him in junior high, and I love Sean. Sean, yeah. he went to school with my son. Well, I mean, so. not just Dayon. I mean, you got a, a plethora of, of running backs, you know, that will get down to Carlos Brown. Yeah, from Stone, right here he played his ball right here on, on this field. Then, of course, you got David Humphreys from Ocean Springs, you know, 15 touchdowns the last two years. And then uh, Jamar Thomas from Pearl with the 22 rushing touchdowns, and he has, you know, good speed and vision. So, I mean, you, Gulf Coast is known for running backs. Of course, you still got Cam Thompson. You should be here coming back, if I'm not mistaken. Cam Thompson, uh, Thompson from Picayune. Yeah, Coach so, Thompson, I mean, Cam. It's like I say, competition breed competition. So that's that's pretty good on your your running backs. Uh, that you, well, you know, you running back was a priority, as you know, Matt. You yeah, watched our he, games last year. At the end, we had a slot receiver back there. We yeah. we just had so many injuries yeah. and just some mm-hmm. things happened throughout the course of the year that were out of our control. Or really, I mean, things happen on a team, and we just got down to where we had no depth at running back, and so we had to kind of rebuild that room a little bit. And then uh, going up to Bay Springs and getting uh, Cartes. Booth, am I saying that right, Coach? Yep. Cortez, Cortez Booth, Booth. 6'4", 215. Uh, where do y'all project him to play? He's uh, kind of another one of our just a really great athlete um, playing at a 1A school, and the position he played there is probably not what he's going to play here. We don't know really what he's going to be, but we watched him play basketball. He's another one of the guys that Coach McDougal just loves, and, um, you know, we just – there's like five different positions he can play. So wow. we'll see what happens. That's great. And then uh, up, still up north of here um, in Canton, you got uh, Jaquan Bolden. Well, Jaquan um, is a unique that's a unique athlete. Um, there's not a ton of film on Jaquan, but if you meet Jaquan, if he were to walk in the door, you would ask me, who is that? <laughs> and I went up and watched him practice basketball one day after football season. He had quit and gone out there. And for six foot seven, 290 pounds, there were no flaws in his movement. Wow. The ability to bend, run up and down the court, jump, you know, compete with the guards on the team. It's an impressive blend of size and athleticism. He's got work to do when he gets here. He'll be a little raw in the pass protection and some of the things that we're going to ask him to do. He's got a lot of work to do, but that sky's the limit for that guy. Well, you, you mentioned you brought up basketball a couple to the last two. 
So when y'all are recruiting guys and you see them playing basketball, that's a big plus, correct? I mean, it is for me. Definitely. It is for me. I mean, it's just a, a sign of overall athleticism, a sign that they're not scared to compete, you know, a sign that they've got some skills other than just blocking or catching a football. They can do some other things. So um, I think that I think good football coaches and good evaluators have used that as a measuring stick for a long time. And then you got uh, out of Brandon, uh, Carzarius, Bo, Bowie, Bowie, six one two sixty. Where you got? Uh, He's a just a you know one of those bag of butcher blades. Just somebody <laughs> we're looking for to really, <laughs> really be disruptive in the defensive line. Very active, great attitude. Always working on it. Loves Gulf Coast. Um, you know. He went to camp here years ago, and this was kind of his dream school. And we circled back to him, and you know we're really excited about him. So I know as Matt mentioned, you can't you can't see what we're doing in here, but I love it when we talk to somebody, and then uh, Coach McDougal just lights up when he. When you can tell when, Yeah, you can just he just smiles when the kid when we talking about him. So, uh, so that just who you a saw credit. was him. Do you found him? Yeah, me and Shu and Coach, Coach Ranker, we got some guys in, in the metro area, Brandon, all that stuff. So it's a good area, you know, for, with some guys that have some dogs. Yeah, you can so just yeah, you can just see that. Uh, he fit what we do, you know. Right. He's a director, and he do he do a lot of great stuff. So. And then down uh, down in San, St. Stanislaus in Bay St. Louis, you got Joseph uh, Bradford, six one two eighty five. Um, Joseph really stands out on film. Um, you talk about an explosive offensive lineman. When he makes contact, it's an explosive movement. Um, as you know, we lost Jacob Cox here, who's been our starting center for the last two years. Uh, we project Joseph to come in and compete. As, like we mentioned, everybody here competes. Um, he's going to come in and compete for that spot along with a couple of other guys. But um, a history of football in that family, his brother played at Louisiana Tech. So a kid that just loves the sport, he's a worker at it. He, you know, he committed to us pretty quick out the gate, which I like as the head coach. I want people that love Gulf Coast and, and want to that buy into our vision here. He did that, and we're tickled to death he's going to be part of us. Yes, and then uh, right here, and we Matt brought him up earlier, uh, Carlos Brown played right here, so you got to – I mean, he gets to stay home and play here at uh, Gulf Coast. You know, Carlos really never wanted to go anywhere else. I, mean, I think some other schools reached out to him, and, you know, he's got really impressive film. I think on this field – about a year and a half ago, they played Moss Point, and I can't remember the number of yards it was, but it was well over 300. Yeah, both it of them were. Yes, both. Of, it was a high-scoring game. Yes, right. Uh, it was very. Uh, it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, and we offered him that night after the game, and yeah. so we've been recruiting him for a year and a half, and have a good relationship with him. And physical kid, man, doesn't go down easy. Yeah, and we're he, glad to have him. And he plays for uh, Picayune coach uh, John Feaster from Picayune. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. So. Uh, brings that mental toughness over there, like we talked about from Picayune earlier. Off the when we mentioned, I was from Picayune, so coming uh, Ocean Springs, Coast Kid uh, Avery Carter, six five one ninety. So where he, you? He was. Uh, <clears throat> he's actually in the secondary. Another great basketball player. A um, lot of energy. Is he's a coach's kid. Um, so just a lot of fun to be around. Knows the game real well. Been around it his whole life. Um, and they moved him to linebacker and really helped them have a terrific season. Of course, you know, they were really good on defense this year. He's a big part of that. And um, we're excited about him. But he's really long and, 
you know, we're going to put some weight on him and see what he does. And then uh, Heaven Coleman out of Kemper County, uh, 6'3", 175. Coleman, D-back, you know, a guy that we look for, like the Carlos, you know, come in and play right away. Got great ball skills, and he attacked the ball well. You know, that we saw on film. You know, he had some D1 looks. So them the kind of guy with like big, long, rangy guys. So okay. he feel what we do. He lived right behind Buddy Stevens. Really? <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Yeah. Of course, that's, Buddy that's Stevens, great. East Mississippi head coach here. But so yeah, to get it from him, that's hey. we like that. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right, we got uh, out of Jackson uh, Academy. We got Tate Collins, six three, two hundred. Yeah, Tate was uh, as a junior. He started at quarterback for Madison Central. Um, played there. Um, we had a really strong connection with Tate through our running backs coach. Uh, coach Louvier came over from Jackson Academy. That's where Tate played his senior year. Tate's a very, uh, very athletic, six foot three kid. I won't say Nick's sitting with us. What does he run in the 40, Nick? He's about a four five forty. Yeah, I mean, for his size, just, again, yes, there's a pattern here in this class. I think you're seeing maybe I can't. They tell you exactly yeah. what they're going to do for us, but the kid's long and he can fly. And so we've got to figure it out. If he's our quarterback, um, you know, we'll, be running the, we'll be running the quarterback a good bit. He's that kind of athlete. Um, but he, these guys are going to be on the field. They're going to play. We've got to push them to get on the field. So that's the kind of – just like Avery Carter, just like Heaven Coleman, those are all guys that are tall, rangy, athletic, and – these are guys that can come to a junior college and be developed into something a lot bigger. Right. Right. And so that's that's part of our evaluation process. And also, when do I mean because when do these kids actually get here and you get to work with them in the summer or they'll get here in July. In July. So you, July. So you have that time to kind of work them, get them a little bit bigger, stronger. So then you kind of don't know how quick some of them may add weight, you know, or right. uh, so going right. back to where. You're not quite sure where they'll project, but you just you just know that they're going to play, right? And it, you know we'll we'll talk to the kid, you know, as honest as we can about what our projection is, and sometimes they'll laugh at us and they'll say, oh, "Coach, I'm only 220. You want me to play D tackle?" <laughs> well, you know, we're looking at you when you're 20. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of success here putting that quality weight on kids and getting them up to yeah. playing weight. Yeah, I believe that. But that's your second quarterback. I see. Like I say, you don't have a returning quarterback coming back. We don't right? have anybody that's played. No, uh, that's what I. That's what I thought as far as the stat. And then, like uh, I say, with Amos, and then now with this quarterback here, you know, Collins. That's why I wrote by dual quarterbacks. Yeah, I think they're both dual quarterbacks, which fits. You know, they're like you mentioned about running. Um, I don't know if you're looking at anybody else as far as quarterback coming in. You know, besides the two quarterbacks, but I mean that's a good base right there with those those two right there. Who who looked at them as far as. Coleman. All the junior colleges, you know, every junior college I think would have taken those guys mm -hmm. at quarterback, every one of them. So, um, but who out of your uh, your coaches that found? I mean, you guys. Uh, well, you know, really, Tate Collins was connected to Coach Louvier. We got Coach Louvier from Jackson Academy, and so we had a prior prior relationship with him there. And then Telvin Amos, like we've always recruited Desoto County. There's it's a pretty heavily populated area. There's eight to ten big schools up there. So we've always kind of kept an eye out. So we have relationships with coaches. And and then, you know, just to be honest with you, social media plays a big part in it now. You can kind of keep up with where these kids are thinking yeah. about going. And if there's a kid that's got – if there's a kid that's really, really good and he's got an offer to Central Arkansas, 
you say, hey, dude, come to Gulf Coast and play for a year, and you you know you'll go much bigger than Central Arkansas. So you have to just kind of watch social media and kind of keep up with where these kids are going and what their offers are. And sometimes people miss on guys. Right. So, and then uh, the Neshoba Central, you got J Ja Nalon Dupree, Janalon Dupree, Janalon Dupree, Janalon Dupree is maybe the fastest kid I've ever recruited. Wow. He can he can fly. Incredible film. No, not big at all, um, but Coach Brian and I are big on one attribute when it comes to receiver, your ability to run. And this, he, he checks that <laughs> he box checks that big box. time. He's yeah. he got to be able to run to play receiver at Gulf Coast. Yeah, I mean, Bracey, we mentioned at the beginning, 5'11". I mean, he's not the tallest, but he, he got it done, and now he's playing at the next level there. So that's yeah, – Got to create separation at receiver. Yes. Got to create separation. And then Isaiah Evans uh, out of Picayune. He got him a 6'6", 230. Really excited about Isaiah. Um, I think he is a steal. I know he's a steal. Um, he's got to put on weight. He knows the challenge that he that he has. For him to go where he wants to go in football, he knows he's got to put on the weight. It's something we discussed with him before signing day. But this kid can, is going to be able to play. He's going to be able to help us on his way up to 290, 300. Yeah. I believe that. This kid's going to get a lot bigger. When you watch him block on the second level, it's something that, that – not a lot of kids can do. And again, picking you, right? Yeah. We talk about programs that win. It's just like getting a kid from from Brandon or Madison Central or pick, you know, picking you and you throw them in there. Ocean Springs. Those teams Papa are not Dude, winning. Those teams are not winning five, six games a year. They're winning 12, 13, 14. Yeah. And that, that's they bring that mentality with them. So I really really like getting one from there. How was that Gaucher game where I met you? Yes, sir. And um I remember seeing him out there playing. I was like, look at that son of a gun, man. Um, <laughs> you know, he's skinny as all get out, yep. but I was, you know, he's a picking guy. He's tough and blocking, and you just kind of keep it in your mind. And um, so, anyway, I was, like I said, I we're real. I'm excited. Same I'm thing, excited. though, long athletic kid that's going to grow. Yep. I mean, yeah, same, anytime same you can get somebody from Picayune, because there's another junior college over there. So, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty good. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no. The unspoken around here. You got uh, Dasmon Galloway out of Madison Central, one of them schools we've talked about, uh, winners. Offensive lineman, played in the missile game, um, was hotly contested on the recruiting trail. I mean, every every junior college was hard after him. I got to get a lot, give a lot of credit to our offensive line coach, Kevin Revis, um, for just staying after him. Being dog, there was a time or two where it looked like he was going somewhere else, but he didn't quit, and we, we got him to sign here. That's great. And then uh, we'll just knock these two out right here since they go to the same school. We got uh, Jaheim Grant out of Greenville Christian, and also you're going to have to help me with this one, the other one out of Greenville. Yeah, Altoria Sandifer. Sandifer. Altoria Sandifer. Yeah, but Grant is another kid that got a lot of potential. You know, he playing the D-back spot cornerback. He's long and rangy, so, you know, he got a lot of upside. And, you know, he bringing that winning mentality, you know, with him. You know, they won the championship over there. Yeah. And then uh, Sandiford. Uh, Big Al's my next Heidi Barlow, I'm hoping. So. Damn. Uh, yeah, middle linebacker. I know he played his highlights, showed middle linebacker and yeah, the he, defensive he's, line. He's, some, he's fun to watch. A 6'2", 250. He's gonna he's gonna smack you. So <laughs> terrorize the the private school league. So yeah, again, that's why no no team goes uncovered. You know, yeah. again, those players who think they're not looking at me, 
at any school there you're being looked at be well, a private you know, or public everybody was up there looking at the quarterback and all those other guys and it was Clarence again that said man you need to look at 45 coach. You need to look at 45 and we started watching him and I was you know he, he he's I think he's the best player they got up there I mean and I'm, I'm two years from now okay we'll, we'll all see but um, you know, I really, really like this kid. Awesome. And he, he, he committed to Gulf Coast. He did not take another trip. He right. just, he said, that's it. So wow. I, I was really, I mean, it, it's funny because we were in a gym in another school. I won't say their name, Holmes. And um, <laughs> they started walking to him. He just turned around, just walked away. I mean, it was the, it was, you know, it's what I would do, of course. But um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was kind of cool to it. see. All right, you got another Van Cleve kid, Oscar Hampton, uh, 6'3", 205, play tight end. I think it – is he going to play tight end here, Coach? We project him as a tight end. He needs to put on some weight and get bigger. But, again, every, every you go watch the film, there's a lot of hidden athleticism on Oscar. Great it doesn't show player. up. Exactly. So, when he catches the ball, you know, he's able to catch the ball and get up the field. There's a lot of athleticism. that it's not It's not easy to pick out that level of athleticism at the tight end position. Right. He's a physical kid. He puts his face on you. But the things he does with the ball really are what shows you the type of athlete that he is. I think there's some explosiveness there. There's some athleticism there that some people missed on. Wow. And then uh, Xavion Hannaford out of Gaucher, six foot 205, plays defense. I don't know where y'all plan on defensive back. D-back safety, you know, he probably a kid that can do a little bit of everything. He gonna be tough, play special yeah. teams. He just, he's just a bulldog. So he, a kid that we love, you know, yeah. a guy that can do a lot of stuff and he's a coach kid. He was a good looking kid we, we played against. I mean, I know Picayune yeah, got him pretty good, but he, he, you could tell, like, you can still tell when kids stand out no matter what score he is. So like, he was a, he was a really bright yeah, spot. Six, six foot 205. I mean, I know I have that, you know, he had good open field tackling just from, not that I'm a coach, but just from watching the highlights. So, yeah, another uh, local kid, you know, Goshe, uh, look forward to him on, on the defense. And then you got Dion Harden out of Biloxi, 6'1", 175. Mm-hmm. Explosive receiver. Again, there, there's one thing we look for, and that's the ability to run. The kid can fly. He can get he can get down the field. A lot of deep balls on his highlight tape. A lot of, you know, getting by the first level guy pretty easily. So, um, really tickled that, that we were able to keep him here on the coast. Then you also uh, another running back in the group, David uh, Humphreys out of Ocean Springs, 5'9", 190. Really good kid out of Ocean Springs. Really good athlete. Um, again, committed to Gulf Coast. Never wanted to leave the coast. Um, and just tickled to death he's here. That's the kind of guys we want. they ones that want to be here. You know, great kid, quiet kid. But after watching him in all-star practices and have, kind of keeping our eye on him for two years, he can do a lot of stuff. He's not just a running back. I mean, we're, he's going to play running back here, but this kid's a great athlete. I mean, he's got great feet, great uh, change of direction, great vision. Um, so, again, just a very athletic class that and he's included in that. And then right outside of Picayune there in Pearl River Central, you get uh, Bryce Johnson, 6'5", 270. Who got him? He's six. Yeah, two, and I got strength down there. The video I saw, he was manhandling people. Bryce is a steal. Um, not a lot of people recruited Bryce. Not a lot of people knew where he was or who he was. He played defensive in there at Pearl River. Where we plan on keep putting him on the offensive side of the ball, offensive line, tight end, fullback, something like that. 
But again, six foot five, two seventy, athletic enough to play D end. So just again, kind of fits the mold of this class. Don't know what he's going to be, but um, he's he's a steal. We're we're really glad to get him. And then out of Adams County Christian, uh, DK McGruder. I don't know if I've ever heard of that school. Yeah, DK is, uh, is a great kid. You know, one of the highly recruited guys that we wanted, and we got him. You know, we had to fight with some other schools, but kid that played three um, sports: baseball, you, you play basketball, and then football. So he's a great kid. Got a lot of upside. With so he's going to be more on defense. I know I yeah, wrote down size. Guy. I know yeah. he played wide receiver. Being a, a small school like that, he played both sides. So you're looking at more defense. He's a defensive guy. Okay. And then you got Greg Nunnery or how you say Greg Nunnery. Nunnery. Greg Nunnery out of Macomb. Big kid, 6'4", uh, 325. I'm not sure if that's right. but Yeah, his, bro, his uh, uncle played for me years ago. Oh, wow. And he committed to us early um, on the offensive line, the defense line. Kind of we said, yeah, he's, he's a take either way. And um, – Kevin and I fought to see who would play, and Kevin beat me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's he's just another really, you know, athletic kid, great kid. Ne- you know, never really wavered from us, and um, you know, early commit. But he's he's going to be a really really good player at guard for us. The word that pops out on him is just physical. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a physical presence in the, in the line. And then you got uh, Gabrielle Showalter out of St. Martin, 5'10", 170, probably one of the best uh, in the state, if not in the whole region, to get right there, Coach. I don't think there's a better place kicker in Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I'm sure there's some good ones. Um, but watching that kid warm up his junior year, I was sold. You know, the, the, the ball leaves his toe different. When it leaves his toe, it, it's noticeably different than the other people. Yeah, that's a good get right there. And he should come in and – I don't put words – he should come in to start because your kicker did he not leave uh, – No, I mean, we've got a good one back. They got You know, there's oh, a competition. Everybody uh, competes at uh, Gulf Coast. <laughs> Everybody competes. Yep. And then right here we got uh, Jamari Thompson out of Pearl, 6'2", 240. Yeah, T-Train, you know uh, – just watch the film. That's all I can tell you on him. Watch the film. <laughs> that's our role. Vision, power, good speed. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And that's, just, that's your fourth running back in this draft class. I mean, it's, yeah. man. And which, like I said, you needed based on last year. You know, right. And because you have one more I didn't have on the list. We signed a defensive back from Oak Grove. Um, I think I did remember seeing yeah, that on Yeah, he did just popped up two day, a couple yeah, of days the ago. The Tavis Howell. A kid okay. that you know got a lot of skill, had Southern Miss stuff like that, but he'll still didn't want to leave this area, so we we got to steal with him. Okay, and coach, we 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 just talked about all the kids you got coming in. So you said you'll keep recruiting on through if you see the the need or whatever. So where does this put your class at as far as numbers wise with what you have coming in and what's staying as of right now about? Well, you know, it's really tough to determine. You know, last year. What people don't realize is I lost five kids after spring football that would have been starters on offense. Oh, wow. We lost five guys that would have been starters. Three of them got Division One scholarships, and a couple guys just moved on. So it's tough to nail down a number this time of year. So that's why the recruiting never stops. If you lose a kid at a certain position, that affects that position. You know, you have to address it. So the good thing is I think we've got a lot of offensive linemen signed before signing day, those are the guys that are all gone now. Right. You know, every every good school got every every one of those guys that can play. In the state of Mississippi, you can find just about everything else after signing day. You can keep recruiting, keep turning over stones. You can find speed. You can find guys that can tackle. 
just about any other spot. But the offensive linemen, you know, we signed we signed six if you include Bryce. Wow. You know, so that was a, that was a good number for us. We needed to sign a good number. We did. Um, and we brought in one at the midterm, and we brought in a DB at the midterm, too, that also helped out our numbers, too. Is there, a, I'm sorry, is there a limit on how many you can have on the roster? 65. 65. So 65. And then last thing I just want to hit on because it's a big topic, transfer portal. So how involved is a school like in junior college? Do y'all look – I mean, does it play a role in y'all getting kids out of the transfer portal, or is that a big thing in JUCO? Um, if you look around, I don't think you're going to see in this league any – there's going to be fewer and fewer Power Five drop downs right. in the junior college because every when a kid leaves a Power Five school now, every group of five school knows, yeah. every FCS school knows, every Division Two school knows. We there still may be the occasional kid that winds up in this league, but he's going to have to have filtered through all those levels. Right. And so, what you're seeing now that I think it makes high school recruiting easier for us. Okay. In the past. We've recruited against South Alabama and Troy and Louisiana Lafayette and even Southern Miss. And we'll recruit right up to the deadline, and then Southern Miss might offer that kid a week before signing day. And we've been chasing him for three months, wow. right? That's not really happening anymore. If, if Those kids, if they don't sign on the early signing period, they're typically going to be out of luck. So that kind of helps us know what direction to go in okay. at our level. We kind of know – exactly who's going D1 and who's not. So right. um, there's a lot more kids that are coming out of high school that are going to need a junior college now because of the transfer portal. Okay. I believe that. All right, so it's not such typically a bad thing. It just, it's bad it's just kids. Yeah, in fact, yeah, there's yeah. not as many Division One scholarships. From us as a coaching staff, it really has helped us recruiting kids from high school. It's made more of – this is a more viable option, I think, now. And we're not typically going to lose commitments or kids we're counting on late in the recruiting cycle. Right. Okay. Well, Coach, I want to thank you and Matt for joining me to do this interview and Coach Hugh and Coach McDougal. I mean, this is great. I, I mean, I'm, I hope I didn't keep you too long. I didn't know how long this would take, but uh, this was fun. This might be my funnest yeah. interview I've done yet. A year, yeah. a year doing this. It's, uh, Let's I love just make football. it like a regular deal, man. Let's go, uh, how about monthly with the Bulldog coaches or something? Well, hey, <laughs> I can, with our own podcast. hey we, could, yeah. we could try to work that out. I, uh, yeah. I will talk with Clay and uh, uh, Jeff, the owners of uh, Talking Ball, y'all, and we'll we, <laughs> me and Matt, me and Matt can maybe work this out. I'm gonna be yeah. up here a couple for a couple years. Right. I'm gonna be up here a lot. My daughter's gonna be here, so uh, I'll be glad to be up here as Perfect. much as I can. Perfect. So, Perfect. Coach, thank you. Want to uh, wish y'all good luck. I know we're not we playing any any yet, but uh, definitely going to touch base before season starts. Sounds good.